Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. And then God said, let there be light. God said, let there be light. I tell you what, there was goddamn light. There was goddamn light. God was there. He saw the light. He saw the light. The light was there. The light. The light was there. I said, God said there'd be light. Did that. And then God, he told the other people, he called them. He said, no one, it's going to be after the light. And he said it. And Satan, Satan came up from his hole and he ruined everything and he took his wit. And he wit the crap out of God. You know what God did? He took his gun and he shot him. He shot Satan. And ever since that day, he's been free. He's been free. Now, Satan was a a special fella. He's a fella that was uh, quite, uh, you would say, in the special classes. And he, uh, 
he uh, he caused a lot of trouble from God, if you know what I mean. He do things, you know, he can do things. And he said, God, no. All right, all right. Yeah, hello, this is Paul from Philadelphia. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. Uh, how are you, Paul? I'm pretty good. We uh, were just, is anyone, who's in the room? Is it, everyone identify themselves? Mm. Yeah, we're going to be, we're going to be, they can't uh, talk. They're muted. You know, they don't have the uh, host privilege like I do. But we're going to be running the show, guys. Uh, today we're going to be talking about. Why don't we have the guys the unmute themselves? Um, yeah. Go on online. And God said, let there be light. God said, let there be Greetings, everybody. Welcome to Awakening Universal Mind. Sorry about that. We had technical difficulties um, getting on. A um, little problem getting in the room, getting the board up. Uh, let me just get Ravana Noon plugged in. Make sure we got him here. Okay. Ravana Noon, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. I'm not sure what all that ranting was, but um, I think we're good now. We got everybody. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to the show. Apologize for that technical difficulties, getting in late, couldn't get in. Um, for whatever reason, the board wasn't coming up. So we want to welcome everybody to the show. If it's your first time to the show, I want to make it crystal clear. This isn't Hell a cult. God. Metaphysical show. 
Oh, I'm about to block participation. We got some idiot. All right, here we go. I'm going to have to block it. All right. So we want to welcome again everybody to the show. Um, Again, if it's your first time tuning in, this is an occult uh, metaphysical uh, left-hand path of ancient Egypt show. It's not a religious show. Um, So if you're coming here with a religious agenda, you're pretty much wasting your time. Uh, That's not what this show is about. So if it is your first time tuning into the show, these are the topics that we discuss here. Why don't you stop muting me? Paul, why don't you stop muting me? I I don't like this. Who the hell is this? I have no idea. Somebody just keeps calling, hanging up, and then calling back in, wasting their time. Uh, Well, hold on. Let me just go to the settings one second. Uh, there's a way you can spare with me one minute. There's a way you can prevent it, though. Just give me one sec. Oh, sec. Supposed to be shit. Okay. Well, we'll just have to keep an eye on it. The, the, like I said, the board was... I couldn't get in myself for some reason when I first was, uh, you know, hitting the sign-in button. It just, nothing was coming up on the screen. It was just, it was going berserk. Uh, but anyway, I um, want to welcome everybody Wait, to the can show. can you please stop muting me? I don't like it. And it, it turns... Okay, anyway. This person just keeps calling back. <laughs> That's what crack will do to you. Uh, hold on. What does she think? Uh, she thinks she's having a, a regular conversation? <laughs> I, I you realize no she's on the show? I'm not sure, but I, I got the setting. Usually when you enter, it's muted already, but for some reason, it's it's not doing it. And so let me just see. Are down. Yeah, I told you it was cutting up before I came in. So I don't know if see, it could even be interference. I don't know what the fuck it is. But uh, just make sure that it's not. All right, but anyway, um, we'll uh, we'll keep our eye on it. All right, so why don't you go ahead, uh, Ravano, with the introduction. I'm gonna see if I can go in there and, and look at this. Um, All right. While well, we got that going on, go ahead, so I can go ahead and take a look at this. Yeah. All right, everybody. This uh, as you already heard, the show is dealing with the occult, metaphysics. Uh, Black magic, dealing with the left-hand path, which is a path of self-mastery, self-deification, challenging yourself and overcoming your weaknesses, turning them into a strength. This path does not deal with anything religious. Uh, As far as on this show, we don't deal with any religious crap, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, been there, done that, bypassed it, woke up, and uh, we don't really go into that. Yeah. So, so this this path is uh, not for the weak at heart. It's not for those who uh, have no um, inclination to grow or develop. This is not about massaging ego and helping you sound deep, superior, or elevated than everybody else. This is about 
facing yourself, facing your weaknesses, uh, and challenging yourself to become greater than you ever have been. But in order to do that, you're going to have to take a journey into the dark side. Not dark side as in the movie concept, but dark side is into your subconscious mind, your unconscious mind, where a lot of your trauma, pains, wounds, and things of that nature is buried at. And it's going to make you face yourself in an in-depth... And I don't like it. In an in-depth way that you're going to have to uh, really face yourself uh, and do some work. It's not going to make you say, oh, geez, I'm so great, I'm so original, I'm so divine, bullcrap. You have a lot of weaknesses, and you can only be as strong as your weaknesses. So we face them, and we work on taking those weaknesses and turn them into a level of a strength. If you can't handle that, then this may not be the show for you. So you may have to move along, find a show that massages your ego, makes you feel better. The show is not about agreeing with your concept of what the occult is, your concepts of what, uh, you know, the cult should be and how to practice it. This concept deals with very uh, left-hand side of the occult, and it's not about worshiping any gods. It's not about worshiping anything external. It's about developing to be the own, your own god, and that's it. If you can't handle that, once again, leave the show. So we'll go to different avenues. We've dealt with, personally on our show, we deal with a lot of experience-based things that we share from Rastacrucian, Freemasonry, OTO, Santeria, Lakumi, Yoruba, Palo, uh, to Islam, Christianity, Judaism. We walked all those paths and many more that we haven't mentioned on the show. Uh, we did that for our experience. You don't have to join anything if you don't want to, but we did it for our experience because we feel people are going to run off at the mouth as if they have some superior knowledge and they're quoting all these organizations, uh, then they're trying to, to, to run a trick on you. If they don't go within that organization themselves and have gotten the experience to travel the path in that organization, secret society, whatever the case may be, and how can you really proclaim that you stop know anything you're really talking about? I told you, stop so, muting me, I'll kill my... She need to call 1-800-HOTLINE uh, uh, suicide help, because she sounds real suicidal right now. But anyways... Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, that's a good point, and... and Again, when we when we when we talk about a path of self mastery, and I gotta stress this, and I'm gonna do this regularly every time we're on the show. The key word in that is self. And I, and, and again, sometimes we lose sight of the basics. Um, we get we get trapped up in sometimes making things more complicated than it actually is. Don't lose sight of that word, path of self mastery, where the responsibility falls on you. Uh, the topic that we're going to talk about tonight, we have, we have visited this topic a couple of times. Um, we haven't gone in depth, you know, maybe as, you know, in detail as we should. Um, vampirism, which is misunderstood in many different circles because people get the wrong interpretation based on uh, stuff they pulled up on the Internet, research they've done, and they, for whatever reason, wrongly tied into modern-day European spiritual practices. First and foremost, 
but we want to get out of people's mind. When you hear the word vampire or vampire, uh, get Dracula out of your mind. Get uh, all these false notions of drinking blood and blood sacrifices. If that's what you think real vampirism is, uh, or vampirism is, then you're very ignorant and uneducated. Um, real vampirism is, if you go back to, as we mentioned on one of the first segments we did on it a little while back, uh, it goes back to the ancient Egyptians, um, specifically Pharaoh Unus of the Fourth Dynasty. We talked a little bit about that last time. So what we want to establish before we get into some of this stuff tonight, this is an ancient Egyptian, ancient African practice, okay? A lot of things on this path, uh, called the left-hand path, call, call it, the, you know, the occult, uh, you know, call it whatever terminology you, you need to give it, um, there's this illusion that we did a show a, few, uh, a couple shows back, is this path, you know, for melanated people? And most people on the surface would say no because it's not accepted as a mainstream oh spiritual God. practice, okay? It's not accepted as a mainstream spiritual practice, okay? And that can't be the furthest thing from the truth because there's these spiritual aspects and spiritual practices of ancient Egypt that nobody talks about, uh, that nobody indulges in and goes in in depth. Um, so we want to, first and foremost, dispel all the illusions, dispel all the false information uh, that is out there on this topic, okay? Vampirism in itself, what we want to kind of get into tonight, tonight. Um, we're going to refer to, uh, we're going to take some excerpts out of a book called The Vampire Gate, The Vampire Magician. Uh, This was a book written back in 2007 by Michael W. Ford. Uh, We're going to take some of of the concepts out here. Now, there are many, many books on this, many different authors, um, you can go ahead and do that research yourself. Um, so, again, we're not picking any one particular book for a particular reason because uh, this is the tell-all on vampirism. We're picking this one particularly tonight simply due to the fact it covers some of the core aspects of vampirism. But like I said, there's many different books and authors out there. Uh, you, the individual, as you're doing your study, you, you, you search and look for what you feel um, you know, suit your, suit your needs. Um, some of the things that vampirism de- deals with, in part one of this book, just to give you a, a rough idea, the, the theory and practice, uh, vampirism and the astral plane. I'm going to go through some of these titles because you'll see it's the furthest thing what people would think modern-day vampirism is. The Luciferian Creed, the words of the dragon, energy and blood, life essence. Let's start there real quick. Energy and blood. Where did this myth, Ravana Noon, let's talk a little bit about this. Where did this myth come from uh, that solely when people, because let's be honest, the uneducated, the first thing they're going to hear when they hear vampires, they're going to think about drinking, literally drinking blood. What is the real concept of a person who practices the techniques of vampirism? What is the real technique of absorbing uh, the energy as opposed to drinking the blood? And what's the connection of the blood to it? so we can dispel some of that mythology. Well, first of all, um, the mythology, first of all, is heavily influenced by uh, the Impaler. Uh, His name was Val the Impaler. He was in Romania, and he actually uh, committed a lot of uh, crimes, or he saved his country, depending on the perception you take. Right. 
what what essentially happened was that in some of his torture techniques, he would drain and drink the blood of his enemy. Uh-huh. And then that went down in infamy as Dracul or Dracula, and it was related to Val the Impaler. And that whole story is what Hollywood came in, the media, the movies, and things of that nature, and developed horror stories, uh, books, and things of that nature about Dracula and vampires drinking blood to sustain life. But in actuality, that whole uh, essence of vampirism comes from actually being able to absorb energy, life energy, from anything and everything around you, not just a human being, but anything. Uh, People forget, because we get real religious, people get really religious and spooky, and they think that nature is just so profound and uh, loving and caring, but they Mm -hmm. forget in nature. Nature is the epitome of the example of vampirism. For example, you as a human being breathe carbon dioxide. A tree takes that carbon and metamorphosizes it into oxygen. So you essentially are being absorbed, meaning the tree is absorbing your energy. And then when it, it the tree transforms into oxygen, then you're absorbing energy from the tree. That's the simplest basic uh, example I can use. Right. But that is in essence what vampirism is. It's, it's is basically absorbing energy from life around you, whether it's nature, whether it's a human being, whether whatever the case may be, you're constantly absorbing energy. Some individuals by nature have a high aspect of um, energy, and we're drawn to that person. Some of us unconsciously are drawn to that person because they have a high level of energy, and we don't even realize that we're drawn to them not because of what we may think consciously, but we're drawn to them because we really want to feed off of their energy. And so the reality is that's vampirism right there. Some people may not understand that right away, but if you really think about it, you're drawn to that person because of the energy. Why? Because you want it. You need the energy. You have to have it. See, this happens quite more often than people realize, okay? So when you really look at it, and you go back to historical context, it can be traced all the way back to ancient Kemet, Egypt, and as Brother Benini said er- earlier, per or the pharaoh Unas, who is associated with the pyramid text, his whole journey was to absorb the powers or the energies of the gods, okay? And that... Uh, paradigm, the comedic paradigm, they're known as the Neturu, okay? Absorb the energy of the gods to become a god, okay? So in Uh that pyramid text, there's many metaphorical uh, teachings in there where it's showing that Unas would feed off of the gods, okay? Then you also have Set or Setuk of ancient Kemet, where Set was known in the coming forth by day by some called Book of the Dead, he was known to have uh, become the greatest of the gods. But how? Well, he basically absorbed the power of the gods. He basically took the power of the gods for himself 
and absorb that energy to become greater than all of them because he had power from all of them plus his own power. In the movie, um, Gods of Egypt, uh, some of y'all probably didn't watch that because you were rebellious, you were upset because they depicted so many Caucasians. I, we tend to look past that. We know that they're going to do that stupidity, but we tend to look past that and see what kind of jewels they're going to drop in there. And that was some of the jewels that they showed you. Set went all around absorbing the power to God. That is vampirism. Right. And in your, in your everyday life, you're absorbing the power to God, meaning you're absorbing the power of your, your energy is constantly absorbing more energy from other beings around you to increase your power. Now, some of y'all may think, oh, that's wrong, that's bad. Well, see, if that is, this ain't the show for you because we're dealing with real raw nature. The, the raw primal aspect of nature is predator and prey. The predator is constantly feeding off of the weak. You understand? It takes the energy from the weak, and it sustains itself off of that. The predator and the prey is the concept when translated to humanity would be the master or the slave or the master or the servant. Unfortunately, on the planet right now, you have too many servants and not enough masters. So it's easy for the masters to feed off of the prey, the weak, because the prey and the weak are confounded by religion, superstition, uh, morality, and things of that nature. And when that occurs, it's easy to control the masses of people. Mm. But the, top, the <clears throat> masters of society right now are feeding off you. The music that they create, you feed your energy to the music, and they know how to absorb that. The churches, the mosques, the synagogues that you go to, the structures are, are basically built to absorb the sound, the acoustic sound of people praying, dickering, chanting, whatever the case may be, it absorbs the sound and the pastor and those who know absorb the energy from their congregation. Mm -hmm. This is all around y'all. But the problem right. is it's all around y'all, but the problem is people do not see it because they don't want to see it because they have too high level of morality and don't realize the only real morality is the one that you create based upon your experiences in your life, not from uh -huh. society morals, not from cultural morals, not some religious morals that were taught to you, basically programmed into what you develop and learn through your own experiences. So right. in the essence, that's vampirism, and it's simply every, it's everyday phenomenon. It's something that is done right. every day. But what we'll right. discuss this evening is the finer details of a vampirism and the different uh, facets that there are when we use it. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you cleared it up. So I hope people understand the, the, the false mythology that evolved where Hollywood turned it into the actual physical drinking of blood, where now you've got a definition where it's the energy of the life is in the blood. Every culture has always taught that. Science teaches that. Okay, the life is in the blood. So the energy of that life being connected to the blood, conspiracy theorists ran with that. And, and as we know over time, Hollywood uh, always tends to run with things and make it uh, sensationalized. Uh, so, so vampirism is not just about that and, and, and wearing all black and dressing goth. And, you know, people, this is people's unfortunate interpretation of it. So wanted to spell that myth. 
Let's talk about first, we're going to start with three basic foundations of vampirism. This will clear up a lot more. All right. First, first principle, you are the only God that is. Let's say that again. Mm-hmm. You are the only God that is. Now, no matter how long people been studying, no matter how conscious or spiritual people say they are, we've said this a million times, and I'm going to say it again, subconsciously they're still embedded in faith and belief systems. All you have to do is listen to the things they say, the things they do, their mannerisms, their interpretation and outlook on certain things. Because unfortunately, what I've found in my travels over the last 10, 15 years, especially the last 10 to 15 years, and I find it mostly with the comedic conscious people, they've turned that whole comedic thing into another form of religion. I hear still, as we've said before, people saying the most high rock. That is religion. The most high of what and who? And you don't get an explanation. No, well, I mean, no, what you mean is subconsciously there's still that faith and belief system embedded in your subconscious mind. Step one in understanding this path is first and foremost is separating yourself from all of those concepts and illusions that we've been programmed with since day one. If you cannot overcome that, and it's not easy, I'm not saying it, it, believe me, it doesn't happen overnight, but you do have some people that have been on this path for many years and still are struggling with it. And that's something that we're going to get into that takes a lot of internal work. So if you can't separate yourself from all those ideologies and, and be able to recognize, you know, the inconsistencies in them and how they have affected you, you struggle moving forward. Okay, so step one, you are the only God that is. That's the key foundation of vampirism you must focus on to understand how the system works. Principle two, all this is important. We talked about this in many different variations over the last couple of years on the show. All deistic mass archetypes, powers or spirits, okay, must manifest through you, therefore, remain, therefore, to remain in your consciousness, you must be the strongest to keep your foundation identity, okay? I want to make that crystal clear. I hope people, I'm going to say it again, I hope people caught that second part. Let me read it again. All deistic masks, archetypes, powers, or spirits must manifest through you. Why is that important? All right, let me give you an example. You, we, we run into people all the time that said they, they've done work with Cali, let's say, or, or any one of these archetypes, and they, they'll say, Cali spoke to me, or Anubis spoke to me, or Heru or Horus communicated with me. The difference between understanding that being some communication from some, somewhere out there, for lack of a better first, lack of a better word, or the difference of it manifesting through you are two entirely different things. This is why when people don't understand when they raise themselves up to a certain level spiritually, this is why people absorb this on, on two different levels. And let me explain. This is why some people go nuts and think they become an incarnation of something. They think uh, because they had an experience that actually manifested through them and they didn't understand it, they turned it into this big, elaborate, uh, you know, you know uh, thing where they now think that 
unfortunately, now they think that they are whatever that deity they've read about where they even start carrying out mannerisms and mimicking and, and, and trying to imitate. Okay, what tends to happen is, and we're gonna, we haven't even gotten into the astral realm, what tends to happen is when certain individuals tap into the subjective realm, uh, which two things can happen. One, if you're not prepared, you can absorb so much different levels of consciousness and energy, uh, the mind can kind of become overloaded. Um, people tend to tap into areas, quote-unquote, where they may not be 100% prepared for. Um, so understanding the difference of how power or spirits manifest through you, but here's the key that follows up with, therefore, to remain in your consciousness, you must be the strongest. You must be the strongest to keep your foundation identity, meaning if anything overcomes you. So what people are not realizing, when you say, uh, a spirit or uh, an entity, you know, overtook your body, okay, and now you are an incarnation of that, you've lost your foundation identity. It's not the same as when you're conducting a ritual and let's say that you, be, you embody that archetype and become that archetype to suit the purpose of that ritual, let's per se, chaos magic, that's different. But when you say now that you are so weak that something external, as some of these individuals will claim, was able to overtake them, you've now given up your foundation identity. And in vampirism, the foundation identity, which is you, always has to be the strongest, which, go back to number one, you are the only God that is. Now, that's right. easier said than done, right, brother? Easier said yeah. than done. Um, I don't know if you want to add something to that before we go to the third one, but I think... Those two are, 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 are the foundation. Well, let me say this, because the concept of a God, I think, should be discussed. Because I know as soon as you said that, I immediately heard what people would possibly think of when you say that. Oh, do you mean I'm the most high? Do you mean I'm God almighty? You understand? And that's not what we mean by God. What we mean by God is a person who is a master with themselves, a person who's worked on themselves, taken those weaknesses, made them into strength, a person who is responsible for all their successes and especially for their failures. It's easy to be responsible for your success, but far easier to blame somebody else for your failures. Well, on this to be a God, you have to be responsible for your failures as well. You take ownership over your actions. You take ownership over your own bullshit, and you don't blame or point the finger at anything external. That is the concept of what we mean being a God. We're not spooking it out like some floaty being in the heavens or skies or some archetypes that are known as gods or goddesses. We're not meeting it in that fashion because the mentality automatically shifts back to religion for many people when they hear that. And what we're trying to do is trying to break the religion inside of people's minds. And a lot of these um, episodes we have on the show is to continue digging into that subconscious to break the concepts. And one of those concepts is what is a God. Second is that when you work and you do an invocation 
to invoke as simply as it sounds, to bring within, to bring in the energy of the archetype for the manifestation of that energy, the attributes, the characteristics, for the sole purpose of ritualizing the work to be able to cause an altered state of consciousness to tap into your unconscious, subconscious mind to alter that and to be able to tap in deeply so that you're able to connect with the part of yourself that is the most buried but has the Mm -hmm. most effect on you, that has the most profound effect on you because it's so buried. That is the purpose of invoking. When you invoke, Mm -hmm. it's to call a spirit or energy in front of you or before you to simply uh, do a bidding or a work or something necessary. Mm -hmm. Now, now, I'm glad you bring it up. You know, and we've gone over that a few times, the evoking and the invoking, and, and, and you just gave some, you know, detailed explanation of it. Um, I want to back up to the archetypes in, in connection to this and in connection to that second principle of vampirism. We've said, how many times have we said on the show over the last couple of years, uh, an individual on this path, how does, how does one approach uh, deity uh, slash archetype, the gods or the goddesses, right? Well, you have to always apply the first principle. You are the only god that is. So first and foremost, you never on this path path worship anything outside of yourself that's that's establishment one to understand what Ravana Noon just said correctly and how to work with it on those levels that's again that's step one we've said when working with deity or archetype you are supposed to reflect upon if we're going to talk about in a vampiric aspect if you are using vampiric techniques and approaching how to work with deity or archetype how somebody on this path would do it, you could take any one of the deities in any of these cultures, okay? It could be the ancient Egyptian culture. It could be the Luciferian culture. So it could be a, a Babylonian uh, magical aspect. It could be ancient Egypt. Uh, let's just say in this, in this particular example, uh, we'll, we'll use Egypt for, for, for this particular example. Um, and let's say we choose to work with Sekhmet, right? So what, uh, what somebody would do on this path, Sekhmet represents, now remember, as you work with these deities or the deific mask, which we're going to talk a little bit about that when working ritual, you have to always keep in mind whatever they represent or symbolic of, it connects to you. These are aspects of your personality. They're aspects of your subconscious mind. And what deity does, remember, when these stories were written and recorded, remember, all these stories, the, the ancestors were trying to convey what goes on inside, but put it in an external format that people could connect and relate to. So what tends to happen as these things got passed over generations and watered down, unfortunately, along the pathway, it got translated where people started to interpret as these were literal things. Uh, and this is where the confusion sets in. Um, and we've, 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 we've brought this up uh, several times in the past. People think, per se, uh, especially in the ancient Egyptian pantheon, that there is one particular Usil Osiris or one particular uh, Shango in, in the uh, Yoruba pantheon. Uh, that's not the case. Remember, these were titles that were given to certain individuals that reached 
a certain level or state of consciousness. And this is why, especially in ancient Egypt, you'll find that you had triads and gnomes, gnomes and cults that were named after deities. And certain individuals were raised up, let's say particularly to a certain level of knowledge, and you'll see in their names they took on the name of that particular deity because they were raised to a certain level of consciousness. It's the same thing when you go into the Orishi pantheon where you had many different incarnations of the Orishi, and this is why they have multiple paths that represent different archetypes or different aspects of your subconscious mind, different energies. Most people, for an example, Oshun, and I've said this before, being crowned Oshun and being initiated Oshun, everybody thinks of Oshun only dealing, unfortunately, with materialistic things and sex and love, and that's not the case. You have a path of Oshun, uh, such as mine, that is a, uh, uh, an herbalist, a witch, works with witchcraft, uh, practices magic, uh, there's a warrior path of Oshun not talked about a lot. Uh, we tend to get caught up in the, in the stereotypes and the things on the surface as if, spe- specifically in that pantheon, as if they represent one aspect. One draws upon that and what it represents. Now, how do you connect that to vampirism if one is working with deity? Well, it's real simple. If you're working with a deity or archetype that represents a warrior type of energy, in this case we brought up Sekhmet of ancient Egypt, okay? Sekhmet can be used to clear paths or obstructions that you're dealing with in your life. Sekhmet can be drawn upon to give you energy and strength uh, to overcome challenges, let's say. Sekhmet also is a vampiric goddess in the sense because she is connected with the absorption or, as it says, as recorded in the stories, she devoured and drank the blood of the gods and her victims. And again, it didn't mean literally. It meant that spiritually she was stronger than most and was able to dominate and absorb. Okay? I'm using that as one example. So one would go into ritualistic work and vampirism, approaching it in, if you're invoking, evoking, or whatever aspect you're working with, with that in mind. The wrong thing to do which unfortunately, I hate to say, still goes on. If you're setting up, per se, an altar with a deity and you're graveling and bowing down in front of it and making prayers, then you're still, unfortunately, under a state of, of religious faith and belief. And unfortunately, that still goes on. This is why we go, again, you are the only God that is. What you're tapping into are different aspects of your psyche and your subconscious mind, Okay. Now, it doesn't mean, as I said before, when we say all is mental, mental is all, is when we got into the seven principles of the Houthi many times, it doesn't mean that they are not external. See, people get this confused, and this is where I think there's a big disconnect. It's not saying that there's not things that are appearing to be happening external around you, but let's go back. Is it really happening outside of you, or is it manifesting through you, creating the illusion that it's happening outside of you? This is where I think people don't understand that first principle because they'll say, yeah, um, you know, I had an experience where I communicated with an ancestor of mine. It could have been your mother, your grandmother, whatever, where you saw an image where your, your, your deceased mother or grandmother appeared in front of you. You had this uh, beautiful experience in communication, and you did. But 
when you really look at it in essence, did it really happen outside of you? No, because its origin had to begin in the subconscious mind. Something in the subconscious mind had to trigger it first. So understand that concept. That's the difference of understanding the process of it manifesting and working through you as opposed to believing in a mythological sense that some, some uncontrollable force or experience is happening beyond your control. It appears to be beyond your control because you have not learned to discipline it. That's why a vampire practices and disciplines themselves to travel on the astral plane, all right? which gets us into the third one. I know that kind of was a lot for two, but as a Luciferian, and remember, the Luciferian path in this, there's really no difference. As a Luciferian, your primary focus is the retention of knowledge that through experience it becomes wisdom. With that, the assumption of power first internally and then externally as you see fit. The vampire magician is indeed Luciferian. There is no difference in the ideological foundations. Okay? So, what is your primary focus? I, now, you know it's funny, Ravonna? I don't see nothing about drinking blood and, and you know, and the Hollywood and all that shit. This, this, this sounds more spiritual and conscious than a lot of these, uh, you know, so-called, so-called conscious circles. Let's, let's, let's read that last part again. Your primary focus is the retention of knowledge, retaining it, that through experience it becomes wisdom. How does something through experience become wisdom? Because one uses it wisely. Okay? With that, the assumption of power first internally. Didn't say externally first, right? It said with the power first, recognizing that it's internal first, never external, and then external as you what? See fit. Meaning as you see fit, as it suits your needs, is when the external aspect is applied. I mean, I, I don't know how much clearer that can be. Um, I don't know if something you want to add to that, and then we'll, we'll go to our next section. I don't know if something you want to add to that, that last principle there. No, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So let's get a little bit more into the astral plane, okay? Um, one very important aspect, a lot of work, not all. I don't want, I don't, again, I want to make sure I'm clear on this next statement. Not all. A lot of work on this particular path is done on the astral plane. Now, we've all heard of astral, astral traveling. Um, people have their different theories on it. Some people are very skeptic about it. I find most people that are skeptic about it is because they haven't experienced it. And that's okay. You should be skeptic about something you have not experienced. And we want to make it crystal clear. Anything that we're talking about tonight, by all means, we do not expect you as Ravana Nood said in the introduction of the show, to accept everything that we're saying as being true. We want you to have your own experience, number one. And number two, come to the realization of it yourself. Not because we said it, not because you read it somewhere, but after doing what that second principle said, gaining the knowledge and the wisdom and collecting the data, the information you need to get you to that point, and then coming to the realization because you brought yourself there. Nobody else did. So I want to make that crystal clear. Uh, the astral plane, again, is it's a very debatable topic. Um, 
there's many different perspectives on it. And again, I found people that don't really know it or understand it is because they haven't experienced it. To really understand how this spiritual realm, quote unquote, and I'm just going to use a term. I'm just going to use a term that we can relate to. I don't even really like that term because to me it's still religious. But I'm just going to use a neutral term that most people can grasp, just for the sake that we might have brand new listeners listening. So I'm using that term so if there are brand new people listening, they can kind of grasp what I'm getting ready to say. You can't understand deity. See, see, here's the mystery. Let's not bullshit ourselves. Most people come into any spiritual practice. Just reflect back. I don't care if it was years ago where you came in in religious schools of consciousness. We were always or came in seeking knowledge and wisdom one of, the, one of the key components, death. People are fascinated by the mystery of death. What is it? Why am I here? How did I get here? Where am I going? And what happens to me when I die? Don't bullshit yourself. That's one of the main reasons why whatever spiritual doctrine, dogma, philosophy, culture, conscious circle, group, organization you belong to, that is going to be one of the main driving forces behind it. Do not bullshit yourself. Because bottom line is, and we talked about this briefly on, on the last show, bottom line is nobody really knows what's going to happen to them when they die. I don't give a fuck how long you've been studying. I don't care if you read the Coming Forth by Day, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, whatever. Those are just theories. Those are, yes, stories written down and recorded by our ancestors based on different levels, quote-unquote, of theories. But the bottom line is, let's, let's keep it 100, you really don't know, do you? That's your driving force, whether you're conscious of it or not. That's embedded in the subconscious since day one. Most of us that did maybe come from a religious background growing up as kids, that's why we left. Because as we grew in this wisdom and knowledge, we weren't getting the answers we were seeking. We weren't getting practical solutions to the questions that we had. Because we didn't, the way it was presented in religious mythology just seemed crazy to us as we got older. You know, talking snakes in the garden, uh, you know, uh, some, somebody magically raising their hand and parting the Red Sea, this false concept of heaven and hell. Um, all these things started to seem like they were fairy tales. They just didn't add up. They just didn't make sense. But it all pointed back to the one core principle. One who and what God is, and two, who am I, what's going to happen to me when I die, and what happens through the death process? Well, through vampirism and travel on the astral plane, I'm not going to sit here and get into personal things because that would be pointless. Because if myself or Brother Ravana Noon started going on a tangent about our personal experiences, one, you can't connect to it because it wouldn't make uh, any, any sense to you in the sense it's not your reality. So that's why you'll hear we only make reference to personal experiences if it's in connection with the topic we're talking about. But I will say this. I can make the statement, I am aware of what will happen at the time of death. And I'm not going to elaborate because that would be pointless. But I can tell you this. By understanding how the astral plane works, you cannot get the answers to those questions when you're confounded by three-dimensional things. I'm going to quote Dr. Delbert Blair, and Dr. Delbert Blair taught on this subject a lot. You always heard Dr. Delbert Blair talking about the fifth dimension, right? And nobody ever questioned him really, well, how did he go from three to five? 
Never really talked about the fourth dimension, which is which is quantum or quasi four, um, quantum physics. Uh, and, and when you're saying quantum or metaphysics, meta, you're just saying beyond the physical. But he always went to the fifth dimension, right? To understand what God is, what deity is. See, when you when you are not confound a person, place, and thing anymore, three dimensional existence. Instead of trying to figure out and search for God, you look through the eyes of God when you're on the astral plane. You don't ask the questions no more. You become the question. I'm trying to use as many metaphors as I can to get you to understand that you see things and experience things differently. This is why a vampire goes into the astral plane and does most of the work. Because in order to become that God, as it said in that first principle, you have to be able to raise your vibrational frequency beyond person, place, or thing. So, for an example, if you're doing a vampirism technique where you're trying to maybe heal somebody that's not close and you need to send some energy to that individual, say, that's in another country or several states away or thousands of miles away, you do have the ability to do that. If you also need to attack and destroy enemies that are out to get you, you can send your spirit to protect you against, let's per se, and hopefully you don't have to use that a lot because that's not pleasant. Per se, you would have to use that technique also. Um, this is a reality. And again, I can only speak, Ravana Noon can only speak on his experience with it, but we're not telling you to accept our experience as your reality. The astral plane is real. I can make that testament, have an experience. Now, if you're a skeptic on the fence and say, I never really gave astral traveling really any credence or thought it was just a bunch of bullshit or didn't think it was a reality, and as I said earlier, you should think like that if you have not experienced it. But if you're making that statement with not doing the full research, number one, and number two, not 100% applying yourself to the technique, then you're making the statement out of vain, okay? Um here, a couple of things I want to go through real quick here. Dealing with the astral plane. All symbolism of vampirism, as it is spelled, is reflective of the spirit and astral plane. The name Lucifuge means fly the light and reflects the nocturnal nature of many Luciferian spirits. Just as Lucifer was the brightest of angels, upon his initiation and fall, he was encircled in darkness. Thus, he was the highest articulation in knowledge, the deviation and perverseness of the darkest aspects. He is both beast and serpent, and he may take many forms as well. The astral plane, when entered, okay, will provide an exciting and challenging initiatory experience. You must be willing to trust your inst instincts and, above all, know yourself. Astral beings may experience the past. Now, I'm going to stop for a second right here. This is why I'm saying I can confirm it's a reality by some of these statements right here. Listen closely to this. Astral beings may experience the past, like recordings in specific areas. You may pass through walls, enter dark places, just as a spirit. This, of course, depends on the initiatory level of the vampire magician. Much of this type of practice will indeed take time and focus to achieve. Then it goes on to say, these last two paragraphs, and then we'll build on this. 
projecting your consciousness, right, astral projection, projecting your consciousness out of your body can be a frightening experience at first. I've heard a lot of feedback about people that got to a point and they got frightened. That's the worst thing you can do is stop when you get frightened. That should be all the motivating force because you've tapped into a part of your spirit, the part that's been holding you back, the part that's been resisting your growth is trying to come forward and give one last fight. That's your weaker self. That's when you should really be even more eager and determined to overcome that fear. The worst thing you can do is stop and back up, okay? It goes on to say fear, okay, this is important. Learn to control your breathing. I always tell people because I know this is hard, especially when the experience is happening because your adrenaline is pumping, you get emotional, so it's kind of hard. It's easier said than done. Control your breathing, heart rate, and trust your instincts. This will provide you with a powerful method of practice more than anything and help achieve results. As you enter the astral plane, your mode of focus is, of course, consuming energy in this state. As your consciousness moves out of your physical shell, you will no doubt be exposed to the astral plane as it is. So hold on a second. As your consciousness moves out of your physical shell, if you caught what I said earlier, you can't understand what deity is or God, number one. You can't understand the mysteries of life and death if you are trapped in that physical shell. It said your consciousness must move out of it. You will no doubt be exposed to the astral plane as it is. There is no set or defined elements within the astral plane. When we're talking about this today, Ravana Noon, that there is, we were talking about natural law today. Remember we had that conversation? That yep, exactly. When you get on this realm, reason why it's frightening, what you know as structure on the physical realm, order, doesn't apply here. It's, it's chaos at its fullest, not in a bad sense. It's chaos where there's no limitation. And one, an adept knows, a black adept knows, what, and at this point, what the real meaning behind the saying is, out of chaos comes order. Well, you're going to go into that chaos. Trust me when I tell you. And it's up to you, the God, you, to make order out of the chaos. Okay? Let me finish with this here. I hope, I hope everybody's following along. <clears throat> There is no set of defined elements within the astral plane. There are predators, though. In this initiatory process, you must align your mindset as a vampire, magician, or sorcerer, thus creating the part for you to become a predator yourself. What did we say beginning of the show, other shows? There's only two types of people in this world. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. There's only two. There's only two. They might fall in the subcategories. And they, and they might fall into subcategories. You're either a predator or you're prey. That's it. It's that simple. Now, you need to ask yourself the question this evening. A predator is one, which we're about to get into, not in the sense the movie predator. Get that shit out of your head because I can feel that. People thinking about that shit. Predator in the sense that you are the one that absorbs the energy and the consciousness and becomes a master of self. Whereas prey are the, are the victims, are the people that are easily programmed. 
the people that are easily indoctrinated, the people that become reactive and not proactive. See, somebody that is a disciplined vampire knows how to be proactive when a situation takes place. Somebody that is not connected spiritually and, and, and is, is dominated by their lower or weaker self becomes very reactive, becomes very combative, becomes very confrontational. You understand? Because most of the time you're tapping in to a part of that person's psyche that they've now had to question everything about themselves, question their ideology, you, you, you've trampled on their spiritual belief system, and they're angry. So that instead of them being proactive and looking into it more, what they tend to do is they tend to be reactive, okay? This is what this is talking about. You're either predator or you're prey. There is no in-between. When, when breaking it down in a nutshell, I don't care what doctrine it is, what, what, what system of spirituality or consciousness, there's always a predator and there's prey. This is why most of these religious groups are set up with some leader, some pastor, some, some guru, or there's some organization where some, some, some fucking nutwit speaks to extraterrestrials and, and, and he's the leader and he's going to guide them to the promised land. That's the predator. And the sheeple, a.k.a. the people, are the motherfucking prey. Okay? That system is in every ideology when you look at it. I don't care what it is. Okay? You can apply it to any situation. So you need to ask yourself tonight, are you predator or are you prey? Then it goes on to say, okay, <clears throat> your physical body is surrounded and connected by an astral body. This is slightly larger than the physical and can be seen in all ritual settings. Some types of photography We've all heard of Curlian photography. And by certain sets of light, the astral body is affected by the food, mental state, physical health, and more. Let's stop right there, Ravonna because this is basic here. And I don't want to miss the basics, because here's a reason why some people don't get no results. The body is affected, and I don't want to get into a whole fucking dietary class. That's not what I'm talking about. But we need to address briefly the food. But here's the most important part. The mental state. I want to say it again. You saw in the beginning of the show. Unfortunately, we attract some nutheads because when certain people tap in, again, as I said earlier, to certain information, they can overload themselves. There is a method how you can, how you can handle that. You need to – sometimes everybody travels this path differently. If you're overloading yourself and you're absorbing too much, focus – on specific things in the moment before you jump all over the place. So you can prevent yourself from that happening by being all over the place. I know sometimes it's hard because you come across things that are very interesting. They grasp your attention. There are some people that do have the ability to multitask spiritually, for lack of a better word. But if you feel like you're being overloaded or if you feel like it's, it's, it's overcoming you, eliminate certain things for the moment and focus on specific things in your life that are needed. And until you have mastered that, don't move on to other areas where it's going to cause more problems for you. Because if you're all over the place and nothing's getting finished, completed, and done, then you're, you're not really serving any purpose. Um, so that's a, that's a good way to discipline yourself. 
but some people's mental state and physical health. Okay, let's talk a little bit about that, man. This diet, health, mental state thing, the diet and health is real simple. Discipline yourself, okay? All you got to do is discipline yourself and kind of listen to your body. Okay, some of this stuff is common sense. If if you're just eating poor all the time, uh, what's going to happen to you? You're going to be unhealthy. Limit intakes. Know when to and when not to. And as we said before, your blood type has a lot to do with that when it comes to diet. Mental state. Let's talk a little bit about this, Ravana Noon. What is the importance, in your opinion, the mental state? Let's get into that. I would say the mental state is probably the most important. Your mental state affects your objective universe or your physical state. If your mind is all over the place, if your mind is jumping from thing to thing, there's a lot of uh, disconnect there. You have no discipline over yourself. If you have a lot of traumas, if you have a lot of issues that you have not uh, faced and done something about, it will affect you. The, the problem is, it may, and I laugh at these individuals. These, there's so many individuals out there that swear they have no issues. Listen, just about all you human beings have some issue, some way, shape, form, or fashion. If you're in a physical existence, you have an issue. There is something that is not 100% right with you, and everybody has that. The, the realness comes in, can you admit to that fact and do something about it? Some of y'all have abandonment issues. You were abandoned as a child. So this abandonment issue, what do you, listen, listen, what do you think would really happen if you have abandonment issues and you do an astral plane, what the fuck do you think is really going to happen, people? You're going to feel all alone and abandoned in the astral plane, which means somewhere, somehow, you can easily attract the predators who feed off of those issues and fears that you have. That's correct. So if if you don't focus on working on these issues now, then what do you think is going to happen? Listen, I've had discussions many months and years now with people. One of the biggest things I hear is people always want to jump the gun. And what I mean by that is they, they, they want to ask a question like, Brother Ravana Noon, how do I open my crown chakra? And I laugh. <laughs> I, I specifically will laugh at them and say, how the fuck can you focus on opening your crown chakra when your root chakra is not even on the part it's supposed to be. You still haven't dealt with the issues down there. You still haven't dealt with your mommy and daddy issues. How the fuck are you going to jump to the crown chakra and open up your crown and open up yourself to the astral plane and everything else, and you think you're just going to be fine? Why? Because of your self-delusions? No. You have abandonment issues, they're going to surface in the astral plane. When they're in the astral plane, you're going to attract the predators, the, the spirits, the, be, the, the energies that feed off of that fear, feed off Correct. of those issues. So you have to deal with it now. This is why in this part, and many other people have dealt with this when it comes to astral play, 
you should have dealt with your psychological problems and issues before you get in, in really deep into any level of spiritual work. You should have dealt with a lot of that because those things are the most detrimental can hold you back. You know, people have this, this mentality that, well, you know, that's, that's not dealing with, like we said earlier, natural law. Listen, motherfucker, let me explain something to you. In your subjective realm, in the astral plane, natural law does not apply. The natural law applies to the material world. It does not apply to the astral world, which is more subtle in vibration and frequency than the material world. So things there are not what they are here. As Brother Benini said earlier, things are different. You can travel past, present, future. You can travel interdimensionally. You can do much more in the astral plane than you can do in a physical plane. Years ago, when I first started learning how to do that, I had to calm myself down because I was taking flight and then coming back, tripped the fuck out. And I was like, yo, what the hell? I'm bugging out in my sleep or my in my dreams. You understand? I'm, I don't feel grounded in the physical world. Well, that's because I didn't deal with my issues and problems back then, so I was all over the place. When you deal with that, you learn how to deal, have more discipline in your life. When you have more discipline, you're able to control your astral projections or traveling better. Right here, that's food, correct. Men- mental state, physical health, that's all a part of discipline. The problem is when people get into the occult, especially into the left-hand path, they circumvent discipline and they get into just straight gluttony, straight lust, straight everything. A real Luciferian indulges in their lust, but with will, true will and discipline. They don't just go free for all and say, I'm going to fuck the world. You understand? They have true discipline and will and realize you end up fucking the world, you're going to end up fucking yourself up with a lot of diseases and other problems that you take in, messed up energies, vibrations, frequency, messed up mentality or mental states of people can affect you. You understand Uh that so you become more selective in your process when you do indulge in sex, when you do indulge in food, you're more selective because you say, is this beneficial or detrimental to me? Not that sometimes you're not going to give in to things that may be a little detrimental, but you have more control over the outcome because you have more control over yourself. There's a big difference. You can't get onto these paths and think that you're disciplined going out the door now when you get into the occult. As a matter of fact, the more discipline you have, the more suited you will be to do astral projections, do vampire work, and things like that. Because people will jump into the vampire work and say, I'm just going to absorb every motherfucker alive. Yeah, okay, nigga. Well, the problem with that is you're going to absorb a fucking serial killer's energy, and what do you think is going to happen to you? Yeah. <laughs> That's just going to affect yeah. you. Then, you start, then you're going to start wondering why your thoughts are so crazy. That's because you weren't selective. You just went buku crazy. You didn't discipline yourself. So this part is very important. If you don't deal with your mental state, your food intake, and your psycho—I mean, in your physical health and psychological health—you're screwed, man. Because in reality, listen, I see a lot of motherfuckers getting to the occult. Five years later, the fat motherfuckers. What the hell happened? You understand? 
They can't breathe. They look like fucking sloppy-ass human beings. You understand it? They have problems. They can't even freaking walk a mile. What the hell happened? The occult is supposed to take you and make you a greater individual. How the hell did you lessen in your vibrations and frequency physically? Because you did not focus on your mental issues and you just thought you were going to have a free ride and get busy with craziness. And now you're paying for it. So when you do astral projections, you best believe you better have a lot of work done within yourself because you're opening a vortex to a whole nother world of existence that has no real correlation to the world you live in. Things are different there. You're going to see things that may scare the shit out of you. You're going to see other things that you're going to say, wow, that's really wonderful. But you have to understand, it's not what people laid out in these movies and books. It's all peaches and cream. No, it's not. It's all depending on the on this situation of your current existence and where you are vibrating mentally, physically, and spiritually. That determines your astral projections and traveling and where and how effective it will be. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to back up to something you said, which is very important. You talked about, and, and let's touch on this for a minute. I think this is, this is critical. It's key. You talked about, like you said, if you have certain issues or fears and you try to tap into the astral realm, uh, again, you become a, a prey to those spirits that feed off of those fears because you will encounter those fears. You will encounter those things you're avoiding. I also want to liken that to uh, a shamanic initiation ritual. When you become a shaman, Basically, what they do, they induce you, be it through hallucinogens or other ritual practices, okay? Um, can you hear me, Ravana? Yeah, I can hear you, bro. All right, I'm not sure. Somebody had typed in. Uh, if you have an audio problem, just try to go out and come back in. Uh, that does happen sometimes. Um, I don't see any problems with the audio on this end. Um, I would just try to go out, of, go out of the room and log back in. Uh, that will happen sometime. Um, I don't know if you want to type. Are you online? Can you type that in? No. Okay. No, I'm not online. All right, I'll type that in. Hold on one sec. Someone, yeah. Yep. Hold on one sec. I want to elaborate on that before we uh, go on. Hold on. Damn, they've been fucking with this shit for... Um, all right. Anyway, um, that is important. And, and let me explain why that, that, that's very important. As I stand, I use a shaman or shaman ritual or initiation as an example. Before you can be raised as a shaman master, you must face and conquer all your fears. So as I said, they induce you... Uh, through a multitude of methods for you to, to tap into that astral realm. <laughs> Where on that astral realm, it, it could be things, monsters you created in your mind as a child growing up. Uh, any bizarre thing that you feared, um, or as Ravon Noon said, maybe personal things that happened to you 
could be uh, mommy daddy issues, trust issues. It could be uh, insecurities. Wh- whatever it is, all of those things come to the surface and must be faced before one can actually proceed along the path successfully. Now, the mind state in this situation, as we just read from that excerpt earlier, is important because it's stimulus. It's the same thing. You will, and this is why, again, back to what I said earlier, where, as it said, when we read some people tap in and they reach a point where they fear, okay, and they back away. Well, that fear are those issues coming to the surface. I referred to it earlier as that spirit of resistance, your weaker self. That's what I was referring to when I was talking about that earlier. Why you back away and you you get scared or fear sets in is because everything is coming to the surface that makes you feel uncomfortable or scared. You sense it. You feel it. So you back away. You don't proceed. Whatever it is you do, you find some reason. Most people I find odd always try to affiliate it with some intense spiritual experience that would get ready to happen. I hear that all the time. No, it was just like some intense, I'm telling you what it is, trust me. What it is is you were getting to go to that, you were getting ready to go to that uncomfortable place. You were getting ready to go to that place that you've been running from your entire life. You were getting ready to go to that place where you're going to have to face all those personal demons that you created yourself. You would get ready to face all the shit that you blamed other people for that were really your weaknesses, but you thought by pinning the shit on other people was going to make it go away. All that was getting ready to come. I want to read a quick comment, and this is from a whole different, uh, this is from the book Esoteric Hollywood. There's a quote in there. Uh, that book is written by Jay Dyer, a really good book. Um, it breaks down, uh, we'll, we'll probably do a show on this. It breaks down pretty much. Uh, most of these Hollywood films, uh, old ones up to the present day. Um, and there's a section in there when when he's breaking down um, Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut, um, which is a, a, a serious occult movie with a lot of symbols and images in it. But there's a comment in there, an excerpt taken from R.J. Uh, Rush Dooney. And R.J., he was a Calvinist philosopher. I mean, he was an American historian, if you're not familiar with him. Um, but he did this piece on chaos, which I found quite interesting. And after seeing it in this book, it made me dig a little further. I said, let me see, let me see um, what this dude is talking about. So listen to this. Okay, the fixed, lawful, and rational were late in higher developments, and hence less basic closeness to the primitive was closeness to creativity and vitality, and chaos itself was the principle of regeneration. Say that again. Chaos itself was the principle of regeneration. Then I'm going to skip down to something else he said at the end of this excerpt. I'm going to read the whole thing. This ties into the rebirth of nature and the rebirth of society both require the return to chaos. Regeneration means what, people? What does it mean when you regenerate something? What does that mean? You regenerate cells to heal them, right? It's a form of healing. 
It's a form of fixing something. It's a form of getting something to work correctly. It's the same thing applies here. If you do not face that chaos and go into that chaos, you can never regenerate yourself fully. We've been saying since day one, it starts in the chaos and darkness and emerges from there. The problem is we've been taught the wrong way from day one. We're always looking at it externally, and it's about the light. Come into the light. We've been going backwards since day one, people, when we should have been looking in chaos and darkness. And as we said a million times before, in all of those monotheistic religions, in the creation story in Genesis, they tell you that their God dwelled in darkness. Because if God had to say, let there be light, it's confirmation he was in pure darkness. So where is the true peace? Where is the true harmony? Where is the true regeneration? It's in the chaos and the darkness. That's what we mean when we say an adept of the black arts, working with the dark arts, working with chaos, because an adept of the black arts is not afraid to go to that place. It's not afraid to regenerate themselves in the chaos and the darkness and come out of the chaos and the darkness a well-ordered individual meaning constructing their own spiritual path of self-mastery that works for them. Not some title, not joining some organization that hands you some manual and some book and, and gives you all the do's and don'ts and says, this is what you do, do this, is what you don't do, dress like this, look like this, you can't do this, you can do that, you can't eat this, you can't get that. So, you know, it's the hokey pokey, put your left foot in, put your right foot out. No. And days are over, people. The day of the conscious pimp is over, okay? If you are that weak-minded an individual that you've got to belong to some group or organization and sit up under somebody's nutsack, sit up under somebody's arm and take orders, you're a straight bitch. And you are yep. the prey, whether you accept it or not. You are prey, okay? I find that comment interesting because, in a nutshell, it, it sums up what we do, Okay? You have to. The rebirth of nature and the rebirth of society both require the return to chaos. It's unavoidable, people. And you're seeing it now reflected in your physical world. The world is in chaos right now, but this chaos is needed for a new regeneration. What did you think? Change was going to come easy? Everybody's sitting there bitching and complaining about Trump and all this other shit. All I see is a lot of bitching, but I don't see I don't see no no nothing proactive being done. And I ain't talking about protesting. That's a whole other issue, but I don't, I don't want to turn it into a uh, you know a Trump show. Anyway, the last thing I want to finish with, and then we'll go to the phones. We got about seven minutes. We're gonna to go to the phones and the, and online. So if you got some questions, go ahead and start typing them in. Uh, I'll get to them in a few, and we're gonna to go to the phone shortly. Um, I just want to finish with this last section, and we only, and, and brother, we only covered the astral plane, and we haven't even covered that all. I was trying to get into a whole bunch of other shit tonight, and that didn't work. Well, well, let's do it. Let's do a part two next next time. Yeah, we definitely need to. Uh, but let me finish this last section, uh, and that'll pretty much wrap the, at least this portion up. And at least we've got this part out. All right, so we left off with the food, mental state, physical health, and more. So you see the importance of it. We said from day, day one, sound mind, sound body first. 
Uh, we've hit back, you know, previous shows. We had Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum on, who is a, 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 a doctor, a graduate of Boston University, um, Ph.D. in psychology and mental health and behavioral issues. And one of the beautiful things about Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum is he approaches spirituality also with a medical element to it, uh, you know, a scientific element to it. And I think that's lacking in spiritual knowledge because we don't focus on some of these core basics, okay? All right, if it says if you are impaired physically, you need not be in the astral plane. I mean, how else does that need any explanation? Let me say it again. If you are impaired physically, you need not be in the astral plane. This is the process of developing the will. Those who utilize the ritual practice of shape-shifting understand your limitations are set by you. This goes back to you are the only God that is, and that before you can experience something more spiritual, you have to realize that you control the extent and power of your destiny. There's the answer why most people, people who do fail and don't get results, not just at this or anything, it's for that reason and that reason only. Say, say it again. You have to realize that you control the extent and power of your destiny. Say it again. You have to realize that you control the extent and power of your destiny. Not Allah, not Yahweh, not Jehovah, not Obatullah, not Olodumare, not Amun-Ra, not Heru. They don't control shit. They only control what you allow them to control. You understand that? Until you understand the extent, you will never you will never get any results. All right? And the last part. Platonus philosopher. Platonus defines specific levels of our universe. While they may or may not be valid, they are important in your study and definition of the subjective practice or the subjective universe. This is going to confirm some shit that we were talking about earlier. Listen to this. The world of matter, number one, the soul world, the spirit of the material universe, this looks downward into matter. The higher spirit world that looks upward, this would be defined in Luciferian witchcraft as the higher intellect, or some call it their guardian angel or holy guardian angel, whatever you want to call it. Um, the term that I used here in the book that the excerpt here, eternal blessedness in short, not some spiritual nirvana, but in Luciferian terms, the level of wisdom of possessing this world both materially and spiritually, okay? And in closing here, the physical or world of matter is that the prince of darkness, our material universe is our grounding and experience plane, which can be agreed upon. The astral plane is the next level of experience, where consciousness or the psyche is cloaked and released from the flesh limitations of this world. The foundations of vampirism within the practice of Luciferian witchcraft are based within the study and conventional understanding of the odic force, the key, the chi, or astral energy. Understanding the concept and study of this process is fully made manifest in the process of vampirism and the absorption of energy. Um, I'm going to stop there. Uh, I think that gives you, I would say, a core understanding of the foundations just in the beginning part here of, of what we're talking about with vampirism, the absorption of energy, the foundations. But never forget, okay, the very first thing we went over, 
the three men. You are the only God that is, number one. All deistic mass archetypes, powers, or spirits must manifest through you. Therefore, to remain in your consciousness, you must be the strongest to keep your foundation identity. Okay? Don't forget those two things. Because once you do, you will not have a, you will not have a high percentage of succeeding on this path. Because people get lost in this and they start to, again, worship. And they start to incorporate all the religious and belief systems that have plagued and held them back. And they start doing it and they're not conscious of it. Okay? All right. So what we're going to do now is if you are in the chat and you would like to get on the call, uh, if you go right to the bottom of the screen, you will see the call in number, which is 724-444-7444. Call ID is 134778-POUND. Then it's going to ask you for a PIN number, and that's the number one on the pound symbol. Real quick, before I forget, I wanted to make some announcements earlier. Uh, we will be having an event on January 27th, which is a Saturday, 7 p.m., Cultural Expressions here in Hollywood, Florida. Um, we are doing the Ceremony of the Nine Angles, okay? Uh, Ceremony of the Nine Angles. Uh, if you are interested in attending that event, the flyer will be done this weekend. We will get that information out to you. Uh, I will tell you one requirement you might want to start working on now is finding you a mask because you will need a mask, a mask for this ritual. Now the question is what type of mask because I know that's the next question. Any mask you so choose or desire that has some significance to you, that's the only thing I'm going to tell you. Uh, so you will need that. So if you are planning to attend that ritual, uh, start looking for a mask for yourself because your face has to be covered uh, when this ritual is performed. Uh, that's all I will tell you. Don't ask me what the ritual is about. Do your research. If you can't, you're not going to find a lot of information on it. Uh, that's the whole point. Uh, point of a ritual uh, is to experience it, and then you put it into perspective. Um, but that will be on the 27th of January, which is a Saturday, 7 p.m., Cultural Expressions in Hollywood, Florida. Uh, you can email us right here at the radio station, uh, khnum19 at gmail.com. And we will get that uh, flyer out to you. So I just want to put that out there. Um, if you are on the phones, please make sure your phone is unmuted. Because sometimes we go to the phone and people do not have their phones unmuted. Um, so we, we, we definitely uh, won't be able to hear you. So please unmute your phone. We'll, we'll bounce back and forth from uh, chat room on the phone. First, let me bring in, uh, let's see, we got my good brother, Jack Charles. What's going on, brother? Uh, uh. I said Jerome yeah. and the ha ha ha, watch him out. Yeah. Oh, 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 no, you ready for that heat game tomorrow, brother? You ready for that heat I'm game? I'm ready, man. I'm ready, you ready for the Knicks. You ready for the Knicks to put that ass whooping? <laughs> All day, every day. I hope so, brother. I hope so. But anyway, yeah. brother Jack. Jack. What's what going on? It's popping. It's popping. Yo, so I like what y'all are saying tonight, man. Say some real stuff as far as, uh, you know, as far as, it's supposed to be a renewal process for the chaos. What popped in my head was what was in Sahama Pep in the book. It says, I just read parts of it, but it says here that, uh, mm -hmm. um, here it goes. It says, uh, the path of the serpent offers us, it's almost never easy, 
It requires mm-hmm. determination, visualization of our realistic goal, and the black mm-hmm. to achieve it, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, when you talk about survival or the predatory nature, nature, it says, as a serpent, we must strike the prey without remorse. So must we, sorry, so must we ascend through will alone. The predator is who we are deep within our innermost selves. Is the core of is the core foundation of survival. So I think what that is like. When you're in survival mode, man, you don't give a fuck about shit. Just get, get what you need to get done. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's what sticks out too. And then the next thing That's correct. When you're saying about how like uh, chaos chaotic energy is more of a renewal. So it's right here. It says uh the symbolic shedding of skin of a of a serpent or a snake. It's understood uh-huh. that within a lifelong journey of initiation, the black adept is renewed continually with insight wisdom and power so it's like a renewal you're always renewing yourself with more with, uh more information so you know like, well, you got to hit on a point but i think people get confused that uh the thing is like oh, you know i'm gonna do this once in a ritual and like okay everything's gonna change for me i know it's a process like it takes time you know and uh, now you, you but you know what that reminds me of brother jack go yeah. back to the black the black mass of set that we do the ritual we've done a couple of times, right? Yeah. What's one of the excerpts uh, coming forth by day? I believe it's, don't quote me, it could be Spell 72. There's a part in the black mass that, that we had put in there that says what? Every day I shed my skin like mm-hmm. a snake to, re- be, to be reborn and regenerated every morning, right? Because mm. like you said, it's, a sim- it's symbolic. But what's deep about applying the metaphors and the symbols, which is a form of mental alchemy, if one really applies that and really sticks it into their subconscious mind, read that, read that excerpt again about the, the snake, because that's a pep right there. What, yeah. we're talking, what, what we're talking about, really, because the story is, and the reason why we connect a pep in the Black Mass of Set, because we knew Set was the only one that was able to keep a pep at bay or destroy him, but he didn't destroy it completely, because what did it say? Because chaos always remanifested, but read that, read that again, because the, man, because you just, it triggered something in me. Read it again. Yeah, uh, it says here that uh, it said, I'll just read a little bit how it said, a vampire is a individual who accepts the predatory state with determination to be accountable for the future the symbolic shedding of the skin is understood that with a lifelong journey of initiation, the black adept is renewed, sorry, renewed continually with insight, wisdom, and power. So, uh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, that's deep, right? Like, if, if you think about it, it's like, damn, dog, like, that's fucking deep. Like, I feel like it's just like you're evolving, you're becoming better, you know, you're mastering mm-hmm. yourself, you're mastering your reality. It's like, like, you can't stop somebody like that. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. That's correct. I'm I'm glad you picked that picked that excerpt out. Um and that that's in Second of Pep, which is also by Michael W. Ford, and we've we've used that book uh several times on the show. The book that we're reading from tonight is another book uh called The Vampire Gate, The Vampire Magician or The Vampire Magician. Um and again, as I said in the beginning of the show, there are many different books out there. Uh you'll see a lot of similarities. <coughs> Uh, in the practices, but I found uh, the book that you're reading from, Brother Jack, and Ravana Newman will probably attest to the same thing. 
And I found this book, The Vampire Gate, to be uh, – I've gotten the best results from it. So if you're asking why we were referring to these couple of books, I've just found for me – now, again, for other people listening might might have come across another book that pushed them in the right direction, but I've, I've just – I've found that, uh, you know, these particular ones uh, do produce good results. But, um, nah, that's good stuff. And that, nothing else too, you uh, Go ahead, bro. yeah. yeah. Nothing too that Reverend New was discussing on. Um, he was discussing like you know people need to deal with their issues, right? And through this path, like sometimes you don't really realize the shit you got going on until you walk this path and realize, damn, the shit I got going on, you know, you got to take kind of buddy. Like for me, my issue was like my issue was like you know this. Sometimes the way I grew up, you know, in a religion mindset, it was like it was, you know. You know, you got to be goody-goody, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not good to feel good, you know what I'm saying? And that's, and you look at the basic concept of the law of attraction of the laws of the universe, you know, you know, good attracts good, you know. If you're, if you're constantly seeking that highest pleasure, you know, you're going to get that, you know. And it's like the point of of life is to feel good, you know what I'm saying? That's a basic, that's just a basic concept of just loving yourself. So it's like, you know, little things, you know, you learn to address, little things you learn to repair in yourself. You know, if you haven't even walked through this path, you would never seen it. So, you know, it, it actually, you know, helps you to release the negative energy, you know, negative yeah. emotions, if you really think about it. Yeah, so let me ask you a question, Jack. Have you, yeah. have you, dealt, have you dealt with your issue for midget booties? I'm just, oh, Lord. I'm just curious. Because... <laughs> oh, Lord. I can't put it, I can't, I can't stop it, man. I can't stop it. Okay, man, just making sure that. To make sure you dealt with that issue of you know dealing with the midgets and stuff because you know you can only go so far, bro. You can only go so far <laughs> to that to that midget reality you dealt with, bro. Yeah. Once you go into the darkness, man, you can't come out, man. Yeah. Once you go into the darkness <laughs> of the big booty, you're stuck. <laughs> no, but 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 Jack, you you said something a minute ago that that's real real important. You said a minute ago. Sometimes you don't realize a lot of shit got going on to you coming to this path. Yeah. And that's, that's I, can't, I can't stress that enough. I can't stress that enough, and I'm glad you said that because that's one of the beauties about coming on to this path. Coming to, as I was saying earlier, it's about coming to the realization or the reality. And sometimes our reality is fucked up. But I got something for you that's going to help you, brother. Oh God! Something's going to help you understand <laughs> that reality, and this is going to make it crystal clear. Trust me when I tell you, brother. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh shit! Watch out with that. For thirty nine cents a day, <laughs> I had to, brother. Yeah, that's a little coming off. That's a little that's a little side joke that uh, inside joke. Jack but um, no, no, no. You bring bring up excellent point, and I think that basic, as as simple as it might sound, and as you said, you don't realize how much fucked up shit you really got going on, or what's really going on around you until you start tapping into stuff on this path that brings you to that realization. But that's the beauty of it. But the challenge is now, when you, when, 
when that comes to the surface, what you do with it, do if you face it head on and work to correct and improve it, that's that's a beautiful thing. But if you just try to bury it or hide it somewhere and run from it, then that 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 suppression, that that resistance is going to make those issues a lot more persistent. They're gonna they're gonna persevere to try to dominate, uh, you know, and and and, and control you. Um, you know what I'm looking at now, people, man. Is like, I guess what the times are right now. Is like people are starting to deal. Oh, maybe this is my energy. Like, I'm my energy is changing. People around me is like they're coming to a point now where they gotta face their own shit because like shit's mm-hmm. coming to a parent. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, that's true. That's and true. another question. I'm not trying to hold up the line, but another question says you have to ask yourself: Are you a prey or are you a predator? Now, I think sometimes people. The ego makes you think, oh no, 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 I'm, I'm straight, I'm good, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I got this. Mm-hmm. But sometimes your ego can get you twisted and get you, that's correct, you know, get you reality fucked up, and you're thinking that you're seeing shit right, and you, you're a predator, but really you're actually a prey. Now, even with that well, Waku well, shit, I was, I got all the prey. Like, I'll be no, prey, no, no, that's, that's, that's a good point. But let's back up on that real, real quick, real quick before I let you go. Yeah. Let's not get, let's not get it twisted. There are always going to be points, aspects, or points in time where you become prey in certain situations. But the difference is, is this. Let's, be, let's, be, let's keep this 100% here. The difference is this. Being on, knowing the vampiric practice, you're able, from that chaos, as I said earlier, you're able to regenerate yourself yeah. by being able to absorb the correct energy to repair what was taken from you. So let's not get it twisted. So I want to make it clear. Don't think because you practice vampiric techniques that you're never preyed upon. So if you think that, you're even more dumber. But what it means is you're not ever completely at the will and control of another individual. Because I say that because a disciplined vampire can sense when they're being preyed upon. That's the Hmm. difference. Hmm. They're They're able to go in and do what needs to be done to regenerate themselves. So it doesn't never mean that you can never be in the circumstance of being preyed upon. It just means you, you're, you're not the victim all the time. And, and you, you sense when something is not right. And when you feel like you're being, let's say, quote, unquote, because know this, when you travel that realm, like Ravana Noon, you were saying earlier, you know, whatever rises to the surface, there will be spirits and energy that try to come and feed upon that, and that will drain you. That definitely, most definitely will drain you. So you have to be prepared for that type of attack on your spiritual or your consciousness. Mm. Uh, but the difference is now you're armed with the, with the techniques and, 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 and the wisdom and the knowledge uh, of how you can regenerate yourself. And I say use the word, again, that word over and over, regeneration tonight, in sense of healing, how to repair yourself and repair everything that's fucked up about you. That's it. So it's not, it's so, not so from your, for this kind of table what you're saying, it's more of a growing your awareness, you know, mm-hmm. getting your awareness to a keen state. But actually, think, think about it, you look at, of, a, of a serpent or of a, even a lion, you know, their awareness is so keen they can catch your prey. So it's like growing your awareness. It makes sense now. That's correct. What's up. That's correct. Yeah. All right, brother Jizzle. All right, man, I appreciate you, buddy. All right, we'll talk about all right, brother. All right, let's bring in our next caller. Uh, 
Uh, this is um, Mook, Mook the Thinker. You're on the call. Can you hear me? Yes. What's going on, brother? What you got for us? Hey, what's going on? Uh, I'm good, a master good. mason out of uh, Michigan. Okay. And, uh, man, you guys, cool. Yeah. You guys put some stuff on me tonight, man. I've been uh, struggling with, you know, astral projection and, you know, uh-huh. uh, I, I guess it'd be like lucid dreaming too, you know. And I got kind of right. confused because as a kid, I was a way active dreamer. And I was like okay. stuck in a mix of, am I astral projecting? Was I astral projecting so much as a kid that now I can't tell the difference? But, you know, mm-hmm. after hearing what, you know, you, you brothers had to say tonight, I think I got to work on my uh, chakra and my kundalini. Because I'm going as far as, like, doing the, the tiger's bomb before I go to sleep right. on the third eye. I'm not getting mm-hmm. any results. I've got crystals under my mattress. I've got water with the uh, copper, you know, and I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing everything I'm feeling like I should be doing, and it's not working. And I'm thinking, you know, after before I heard this information tonight, I'm thinking I got to jump on the chakra work and, you know, well, here's, get a pop here's, with something. The, uh, here's something right right here, because I saw earlier that you had typed in, and I wanted to, I kind of wanted to bring it in because you had mentioned uh, earlier you typed in the chat about brain overload. And I see, I see the name, your, your actual screen name is Mook the Thinker. I think here's, here's what your problem is, and it's, this is not in a bad – it's great that you're a thinker, but sometimes we can overthink. And this is what I think is causing the brain overload. Obviously, you're a very intelligent individual, and you absorb a lot of knowledge and information. I could obviously tell that by just listening to your talk. Um, and, and I hear, you know, the eagerness and, that, like, the things you just mentioned. I know a lot of people, you know, the tiger bomb on the forehead, the crystals – what I was saying earlier was maybe eliminate a lot of things and, and just focus on some of, some of the core principles. And then what will start happening is whatever you need to do for your chakras, your kundalini and things of that nature, it'll just start naturally coming to you. I think what's happening is I don't really think you need mm-hmm. that stuff because I think that stuff is the, 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 the state you're trying to attain is already there. I already know it's there. I can hear it in your voice. So I think you're doing the reason why you're not you're not getting no results from any of that stuff is because you don't need any of that stuff. That's 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 what I'm trying to get at. I think what you okay. which and and Ravana Noon, I want you to add because I know you got something to add to this. I think what you yeah. need to do is just let it be because the knowledge and the wisdom and the power is there, but I don't think you're letting it be to let it manifest because you don't need any of that shit. Trust me when I tell you. But Ravana Noon, go ahead before you lose your train of thought. Yeah, I was just going to say exactly that. You, let me ask you a question. Uh, you did this naturally as a child, correct? And you, if you just stated that you were able to do this naturally without even thinking it. It just happened mm. a lot. Well, the pro- the well problem I, just, is- I just figured that out recently that, you know, that I just put that together over, like, the last year or so. Like, that's what happened. Because right. as a kid, I was okay. confused. I thought it was a nightmare. Right, I understand. <laughs> But what I'm saying to you is that you you did this naturally as a child. Now you're overthinking right. the process. You're overthinking the process and trying to force it. What I mean by that is something that you did naturally, sometimes we tend to lose that natural aspect when we try to heighten that uh, awareness and power by adding extra things in there like crystals and tiger bomb on the forehead. See, that's somebody else's idea of what you should do, not what your spirit is telling you you should do. You did this naturally, so all you have to do is go back in your mind, 
find that state of thinking or that state of awareness when you were a child before you used to fall asleep? What did you used to do that led you into those states of astral projection and astral travel? When you find that, because it's easy to do, you can meditate, you can go listen to songs, music, whatever, it'll trigger those parts of your childhood. When you find that, you'll find that natural ability again and not have to force it. I know a lot of people who have natural gifts, but then as they got older, they kind of like lost those gifts, and then they're trying to reconnect. And then they're trying to do everything other than what they used to do back then to reconnect, and it's not working for them. Why is it not working? Real Hmm? quick, Ravonna Noon, on that child note, I want to let you finish. What that's likened to, because when you're a child in that childlike state and you're innocent and, quote, unquote, in a pure state of mind because you're not indoctrinated with all this stuff, think about it. When you were young, you, you wasn't influenced and indoctrinated as we get older and we study, we see all these other techniques. But you, you were just being that innocent child, number one. It also goes yep. to that statement that Jesus made in the Bible that people don't even understand. You must become like a child again. It didn't mean go back into your mother's womb and come out as a kid. What he was trying to say is what we're talking about right now. When we were in that childlike state, we weren't fucked up in the head like we're fucked up now. Now, we think because we're older and we're wiser that we have more knowledge and wisdom, but... I'm, as I'm listening to Ravana Noon talk, think about it. When it was happening when you were a kid, it's because you weren't indoctrinated. Your natural spirit, your, your, who you are, your real essence was just existing. That's what I meant when I say you let it be because naturally some people are just linked in more than others. It doesn't make them more special. It just means some people's vibrational frequency just tends to vibrate a little quicker than others. But anyway, go ahead, Ravana Noon, because... The child shit just resonated when you said that because that's, yeah, that's 100% exactly. true. Yeah, exactly. But that's the reason I brought it up is because you did this without thinking about it. It's almost like it was just some natural reaction. But I learned that because I did this myself with certain things. I used to do a lot of, you know, spiritual astral work. But then as I got older, I was like, well, why the hell is not so easy? Well, Brother Benita just laid it out. I just got inundated with so much knowledge and information and studying thousands of books and studying techniques and studying methods that none of those methods, techniques were anything that was really suited for me because I did this naturally. Now I'm taking on somebody else's perspective of what could work for me, but that's not what you need. You need to find what works for you in your way because everybody else's methods doesn't work for you and you just clearly say that it's not working for you, that's because it's not vibrating with you. It's not it's not vibing with your what you're needing to get to that state again. My suggestion would be don't even think about it. Now that may sound crazy, but what I'm saying is get your mind off of all of it. Get your mind off of the crystals, get your mind off of the tiger bone, get your mind off of um doing this and not doing this. Focus on something completely different and watch how it starts to happen again. The reason I say that is because a lot of times overthinking leads to blockages. Overthinking leads to uh, becoming less effective in your work. So when you focus on something completely different, your mind starts to figure it out on its own without all the crap we studied, all the stuff we read, 
just focus on something completely different than astral projection, completely different than dream travel and, and dream work. Focus on another aspect. It's not even so much the chakras and kundalini because, see, you did this before you even knew about chakras kundalini. What it is is there's right. a mental block. There's a mental blockage in your mind that's trying to force it instead of doing it naturally. I'll give you an example. You breathe naturally, but then you learn pranayama. You know the Hindu Dravidian occult system of breathing, and all of a sudden you forget how to breathe naturally, and you're always finding yourself walking around doing pranayama. You understand? It's like you just learn something else so you get away from what you do naturally. You breathe naturally. Nobody has to teach you how to do that. But all those techniques do is just trying to help you focus and hone or make those tech, uh, your, your, your work easier or better or more focused, but you don't need that. You just need to focus on you and what you like to do and enjoy in life. Get your mind off of that, and you'll see how that work naturally happens again. Now, now, now. Also, remember, like you say, you're 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 a master mason, correct? Yep. Okay. We are too, and we we you know we've gone blue house, red house, you know, across the desert into the shrine, et cetera. But go back to your entered apprentice degree. Think about when you were in the darkness and blindfolded. Uh, not just on your entered apprentice degree, but think I'm, I'm using that as a focal point, but even all three degrees on the blue level. Think about how when you were blindfolded, you relied, not with your two physical eyes because you couldn't see, but you relied on your natural intuition, meaning they call it the third eye, the mind's eye, whatever. That mm-hmm. was more sharper because when you were in that darkness blindfolded, you relied on the pure intellect because the real light, when you're brought into light and masonry, isn't when they um, take the blindfold off and, you know, and all the brethren are standing around you and they clap and they say, let there be light, and they pop the light on. And, you know, you're ble- that's when really the disorder began because when you came into the artificial light, you now had to become artificial. See, that's where they taught the degrees wrong to us too because that's when the blindness really started when we came into the light. But think about it for a minute. You were more sharper when you were blindfolded because when you heard the noise in the lodge, whether it was the brothers pounding their staffs, the rustling the buffalo, and the moving about, the voices, you were putting it all into perspective. You were relying on pure, your natural instincts. There was no, there was no books there at that point. No matter what you studied or read, there was nothing there at that moment but you. It's like the great initiation that the masses took at the pyramid, right? Every time they would go through, right, they were always, there was the one in the, in the, in the um, when they go into the pyramid and there's a chamber below where they drop. Many different initiation schools have many different trials and tribulations, and they always were presented with things they thought they needed or there was illusions put in front of them that they couldn't see, like the, the, the bottom of the pyramid didn't drop. There was, there was illusions created that they would fall in and that the walls were coming in. But these were all done to create an illusion. But once they stopped, like Ravana Nunes said, they, they stopped trying to figure it all out. One thing you're going to understand on this path is, and we always see this when people come to, when we do the rituals down here, people, when you come trying to figure it out, that's where you get a little messed up. What, I'm, what we mean when we say don't do anything, it doesn't mean in an ignorant way. It doesn't mean don't study. It doesn't mean, 
you know, don't, you know, gain knowledge of yourself. What it does mean is you can't figure everything out, especially on this path. How you figure it out sometimes is by letting it be and engulf yourself in the experience because the experience is what's going to really give you the information that you need. Because one thing that I got out of masonry of going through the rituals, as I reflect back on them now, I realized when I was blindfolded in darkness, I was in my real God state. I was functioning at a higher capacity, but when that blindfold came off, that's where the illusion began. You know, and then you really got to tie it into when you came up into your third degree and you were, you know, symbolically killed and resurrected. We were talking about chaos because you had to go into the chaos, too, to be regenerated and brought back to life. Now, you could take that whole symbolicism of Hiram Abiff many different ways, but remember, the rough asthma as you walked in the lodge is you. You're trying to become a smooth asthma. That temple you're working on is yourself. So if you engulf yourself in the moment, and like Ravana Noon was saying, I don't think you need the crystals and all the other things because if you let yourself be, and as you said, focus on something else and relax, the natural vibrational frequencies that connect you per se to the astral realm will automatically kick in. What I mean by that, you'll find yourself just laying flat on your back sometimes and you'll just go. Not because you thought about doing it, not because you planned it, because now you're in the right state of mind. That's why we did that section earlier on the state of mind. So, and I saw when you typed in earlier about a brain overload, and that's, it's, it's common. A lot of people, you know, have that issue where they just struggle, uh, you know, with dealing with too much at the moment through time. But anyway, I don't want to be the dead horse. I hope, hopefully that pushes you, you know, in the right direction and kind of, you know, helps you. But uh, you're intelligent enough to figure it out. Trust me when I tell you that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. And uh, I definitely appreciate the videos you put on YouTube. Uh, I've come a long way over the last couple of years, and I plan on getting a consultation with you here real soon so we can, you know, get to talking mm -hmm. and, you know, move forward with this. Because this really definitely. interests me. It talks to my soul more than anything else. Because I come from a very religious background as well. And, you know, <laughs> from the person I was when I was, like, 21 to the person I am now, I would have beat me up. You know, it was right, completely right. different, you know, and it's uh, cool. I appreciate mm -hmm. all the information that I get from you guys completely. No doubt. We appreciate you, man. Thanks for tuning in, and, uh, you know, hopefully we see you on the show. We appreciate it, brother. All right. All right. All right, and, that, and yeah, that's that's a good point. And, 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 and the thing is, the brother at least had, you know, admitted that he had an issue with that, and, and one thing, like you said earlier, Ravana Noon, the biggest thing, if you think, people think that they have nothing wrong with themselves, well, that's the first issue they got, thinking they ain't got nothing wrong with themselves. That's the issue in itself. You understand? And as you said early in the beginning of the show, all you got to do is, I guarantee if you sat down for less than two, three minutes, you could pick out several things that's fucked up about yourself. Um, we all do. So let's not, let's not act like we all have it figured out. Let's not act like, uh, you know, Nobody has any problems or issues because understand this, and, and let's stress this. It don't get easier when you're on this path. See, people think when they get this knowledge and this experience and they start working the path and they're getting results, sometimes you get a reality check. It doesn't get easier. It doesn't get easier because there's more of a responsibility. Um, you're going to face more adversity because more things are going to come your way. So one, I want to dispel the myth and illusion 
And I hope there's nobody thinks that they're going to come on this path and think like, oh, all my problems are solved. I'm never going to have any issues ever again. You're setting yourself up for a great failure. Trust me when I tell you that. A great failure. Know that you need to be even sharper when you're on this path. You need to be even stronger. Because not only that, you're going to be dealing with a lot of idiots, uh, haters, and people that don't understand this path, and they don't understand you. And trust me, you'll find, and I, I, I see it all, you walk in the supermarkets, people look at you differently. You walk into certain places, and you carry an energy where you can walk into the room, you change the whole vibration of the room. You know, it's a different, it's a different type of feeling. And you're able, when you practice vampirism techniques, you, unfortunately, it's a blessing and a curse, but you can walk into the room and feel people's thoughts, good and bad. You can feel that certain people are naturally gravitated and attracted towards you, and you can feel the fear in some people because they sense an energy in you that's totally adverse to them. And they think it's wicked and evil it's because they don't understand it. Because what they sense and feel in you is what's actually in them. That's what they've been running from and fearing their whole entire life. And you're carrying that energy that they fear, but they misinterpret that energy as something being wicked or negative. That's all. Trust me when I tell you. So knowing all this experience and all this simultaneously going on, you know, on, on a multitude of levels is a responsibility. It becomes challenging. It's not easier. So I want to make that clear. Do not think you're going to come on this path and think, oh, wow, now I mastered it. You know, this is why, you know, not everybody, you know, can, can take on that role. Like Ravana Noon said earlier, you have, you have slave mentality. We have too many servants and not enough masters because becoming a master is, it takes a responsibility, whether you're male or female. And it's a, it's a responsibility in the sense, first and foremost, to yourself first. I'm not saying a responsibility where you've got to cater to everything and everybody and put on this fake you know, charade. It's being, being real with yourself. It's a challenge because, shit, we all get tempted to, fall into the nonsense that the world offers on a daily basis. Like Ravana Nu mentioned earlier, you can't be on this path and indulge in everything and just go on a, uh, on a tangent and think be, and use this path as a excuse. Well, there's, there's, there's a part of this path, this path of indulgence. But it doesn't mean do it with reckless abandonment. Do it where you don't have any type of structure. Stru- not, not structure that somebody else established for you, but structure that you established that's needed for yourself. Because that shit can backfire on you, too. So, quote-unquote, it does not get easier. Anyway, let's go into the, uh, I don't see too many, um, not too much going on in the chat. Um, I know your Baba had typed in earlier. Yeah, there's a lot of good books on uh, Paulo. Um, we actually did a whole show on it. Um, if, you, if you email, uh, we actually have a list. We can send you that list. Um, if you email us here at the radio station, we can, we can give you a couple reference books. Now, what I would say this on Paulo, though, um, being scratched in Paulo, a lot of the books, they don't really tell you shit. I've got to be honest with you. Um, there are some good books that get into depth. Um, it just depends. What I found out with Paulo, and depending on what you read, it depends on the house you belong to um, and how they do some of the ceremonies, especially the scratching ceremonies. And it also depends upon particularly what your, uh, you know, your, your, your Palero, uh, you know, where they got their Naga pot from and the system that they come through, 
all that plays a part when dealing with the tradition and the house that you belong to. A lot of that stuff is not really in the books. I mean, they get into some of the rituals in some of the books. Um, but long story short, there are some decent books out there on Palo. Um, I found out a lot of the African traditions, it's more of a mouth-to-ear tradition, and you really need to experience it. I mean, you can read about it, um, but they don't really, they're not really going to tell you much in the books. They'll tell you the surface stuff, because um, I could tell you what I went through in the scratching ceremony. None of that shit's in any book that I ever read. Um, that's a whole other story. But, yeah, uh, there are, there are um, and then you also got to understand, you got Apollo Mayembe or Apollo Manto, and Apollo Manto is more religious. Apollo Mayembe is more African tradition, which that's a whole other story. Um, but if you go into the archives, too, we did a whole show on that. Um, I pulled that up. We did a show on Kanduki, uh, African witchcraft and sorcery, uh, which we're also practitioners of. Um, I would check into that. But if you email us, we're going to give you the email again at the end of the show. Uh, we, can, we can give you some suggestions on that. All right, let's go back to the uh, phones. Oh, let's bring in uh, uh, the alchemist. You're on the call. Can you hear me, alchemist? Yes, I'm here. What's going on, alchemist? Hey, how's everyone? Happy New Year. Yeah, I know you're getting Happy bombed by that snow right now. I know you're getting bombed by that snow, right? No, we're in D.C. We didn't get anything yeah. but a dusting, really. We didn't get anything serious. Okay, cool. Cool. What you got for us? Well, um, you know, I'd like to um, concur with um, Luke, the the thinker. I mean, I was there at one point. Um, you know, I had the um, the tiger bomb on the third eye and, <laughs> and the crystals underneath the pillow, and it. You know, I can. It never. It didn't work. You know, I mean. You know, I was I was really trying to get there, and I mean, I didn't understand why it didn't work. It just didn't work, so right, um, right. I abandoned it. But um, as of late, what you know, I've been doing. I mean, you know, it's just been coming, um, you know, to me about you know energy. It's always been a path of energy for me, you know, um, to understand right. energy and manipulate the energy and. Um, transmuting the energy, and um, I've been led to um, read this one book. Um, it's very interesting. It's um, Overcoming the, the Archon Through Alchemy by mm-hmm. uh, what is John Ritter. I think that's his name. And okay. It's real, it's real interesting. It talks about, um, it speaks about vampirism in terms mm-hmm. of, drawing in the negative energy and because our bodies are like a distillery and turning that energy over and using it for our own purpose to manifest what we want. Uh And um, I know that um, you brothers have spoken about, you know, when there's like a rally or they get everybody stirred up and, Yep. You know, yep. um, when they get that, that rally going on, you know, like, for example, you know, with the Trump thing, not trying to hop on it, but, you know, mm-hmm. when they start talking about him, you know, that's a whole bunch of energy people like, oh, yeah, he's this, he's that, he's this, he's that. And <laughs> what they're not understanding is he's just pulling in that energy. He's just that's working right. that energy for his, or you know, for his own benefit, you that's know, or, who's, or who's ever stirring it up. They're working it for his own benefit. And, I, you know, I was discussing with a friend of mine, 
I said, um, yeah, they talk about him and they point fingers. I said, but, you know, on a, on a real note, this man is working that energy left and right, you know, because he's getting getting everybody talking about him and he's stirring up the masses. And, you know, and that's that's what, you know, that's what they right. do. But um, the, the Archon, he talks about, um, I guess, another entity. You know, I'm not, I mean, I'm, not that I mean, I'm still learning on the path. It's another entity that, quote, unquote, you know, uses our energy. If we're getting riled up and, and, and you know, I mean, and if, if somebody's coming together and all of a sudden you got this massive brawl on the street, well, then who's sucking up that energy? You know, right. I mean, I mean, that, I mean that, those are things to look at. But if, you know, since we, not if, but since we are, we are gods and we are responsible for everything that we do, you know, in order to make right. changes in our life, we're going to have to use the energy. We're going to have to be like the vampires, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's just, just it is what it is, you know, mm-hmm. um, on this path, we have to take that energy and transmute that energy and direct it and channel it into where we Wanted to go, and as we do that, um, you know, it ain't always peaches and cream. I mean, you got to look at yourself. You know, you got to really take a look at yourself. And when you start to manifest the things that you want, well, it's not going to come the way you think. You know, um, you got to you got to make some changes within yourself. It's like, hey, whoa, you know, is this who I am? Is this is, is this really me? Did I make an error here? Did I mis you know, did I misjudge somebody here? You know, I mean, all of these things work toward our growth. And uh-huh. um, you know, that's just, just something you know, I have been really working on lately is, you know, transmuting energy and um, you know, <coughs> attempting to to raise up my vibration because I, I really want to do some heavy um, you know, really, really focus on manifesting the things that I want for myself and, and my life. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I haven't talked to you um, it's been in a while. while. Right, it's, it's been a while. Well, I, I've, been, I've been wanting to get on the chat for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I can, but I can, tell, I can attest to this because I remember, uh, you know, when we first started talking, I know you were dealing with some obstacles and you were facing mm-hmm. some challenges. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know in some back-and-forth conversation we had and via text and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you were having some experiences. So I'm, I'm saying this so listeners can understand um, that the sister that's speaking now is not just talking because she read some books. I just want to make that clear. Uh, I'm, I'm saying she's also talking because of things that she's been through in the last couple of years and probably even beyond that. But I'm saying that, you know, we're, I can attest to that and, and I'm listening to what you're saying, and, it, and I'll be honest, it's good to hear somebody that's actually getting it. You understand what I'm saying? You're getting mm-hmm. it by, just, by, by, like, when you were explaining the reactionary thing. That is so key. I can't, I can't express how people that fall victim to that, mm-hmm. they, live rough, they, they live rough lives. But, no, nah, I just want to throw that in there. I can attest to what you're saying based on that. I want listeners, listeners to also understand that that you're not just speaking because you you read some books or, you know, or this or that. You're actually speaking, you know, from experience. But but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, this is this is definitely, you know, I mean, from experience, I mean, I you know, this has to be 
applied or should be applied, you know, every moment of every day of your life. I mean, you have to be, you have to make the attempt to stay conscious in the moment, you know, so that you can continue your work, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, like the brothers were saying, you get people that that are hating, you know, when you walk right. in a room, yeah, you do change the atmosphere. That's you know, right. I mean, I know when for myself, when I walk in the room, I change the atmosphere. I That's know right. people. That, I know people look and they like, you know, and I can feel the energy. I don't care, you know, because right. I mean, when I walk in, there, I dominate anyway, so it don't even really matter to me which way or the other they thinking. So that's right. <laughs> That's it. But you gotta have you gotta have that mentality. You have to have that mentality. You 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 have to because you That's know right. people people are so drawn to negativity. They've been so taught to to hate on someone or you know, for whatever reason they don't even know you. You know, I mean, you just okay, fine. They want to hate on you, fine. You absorb that energy and keep it moving. You know, so I mean, it's it's I mean, it's real out here, but that's pretty much what I've been um, focusing on is the, because it's all about that energy, you know, right. and we need that energy to manifest and create what we want. That's and right. everything else is second. It's, it's, uh-huh. It doesn't mean anything because you're not going to be able to move forward without that energy. You're either going to be predator or prey and then sometimes you are the the predator you know sometimes you are the prey unfortunately but when you recognize it it, you got to recognize it you got to almost like oh wait wait a minute wait a minute i got lost for a moment and somebody using my energy let me let me let me readdress this and check this you know so you won't come out drained in the situation but um but yeah i mean spot on and the brother who is um you know, like Ravana Noom was saying, I mean, you already you already know. You already know where you are. You already done these things. You 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 let that you let that flow come to you naturally to do what you know to do for yourself. And because we do read and we read a lot and we take in a lot and there's there's so much more to take in and so much more to learn about who we are. Yeah, we can deviate and, and, and get a little confused but if it don't resonate with you, it ain't something that you should do. That's it. That's simple. That's simple. Yeah. But but we definitely appreciate you calling in. Good to hear from you. Uh, Thank you. Know, you. Hopefully, we, hopefully we hear we you know we hear from you more and uh, you know keep us posted on what's going on. I will. I will. All right. All right. You got it. Okay. All right, we we appreciate that call. All right, I got two more calls just to let you know. Uh, Smiley with the locks. I got you in a minute. And I'm going to bring in Duma 730 real quick. We're going to wrap it up with these two calls. All right, so let me bring in uh, Duma 730 quick. Duma 730, what's going on, brother, brother? Hey, brothers, what's going on? What's going on? Just being cold like an Eskimo up here, man, in D.C. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, hey, hey. They, they all panicking down here because uh, this morning it, here it got into the low thir- – I mean, high 30s, low 40s, and tonight it's dipping to 36 here in uh, – in South Florida, so they, you know, it's the end of the world down here. These these, these folks ain't used to this cold weather, man. Yeah, yep. yeah, I can I can tell because uh, I remember uh, when we were down there, like in early 2000, uh, for uh, a ball I think you guys have held down there, and um, 
It went yeah, down it to cold. the 50s, and it was, like, unusually cold. Yeah, so, I remember yeah, that. that was... Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, because we were spooked out. We said all the people from up north brought the cold weather. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah spooky. Yeah, that's that spooky Negro mentality. But, yeah, it's cold everywhere in the United States right now, man. Wait, let me tell you something, man. When it's, when it's in the 30s in South Florida, it's cold, bro. And, mm-hmm. and matter of fact, Tallahassee up in North Florida in the Panhandle, they got some snow yesterday, man. Oh, wow. So, That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But um, anyway, what you got for us, brother? Yo, this has been a, a great show because um, I've been looking into this uh, – this vampiric uh, nature, because um, you know what I'm starting to realize is that even uh, to a degree, empaths are uh, are are vamp vampires. That's right. Uh, to a degree, they That's just don't right. know it. That's right. That's the only thing. So um, it's all about knowing uh, how to channel the energy, how to deal with it. And you know most people go around and and uh, don't know how to uh, adjust to people's energies because I for one can't be in uh, large crowds for a long time just because of the bar- bombardment of different energies coming at me that's, at, at that's one right. time. That's right. Me too. So, me too. Just to, I'm just uh, focusing on um, learning to transmute that and use it to my advantage. That's what yeah, I'm working what? on right now. That's a good. That's a good point. Um, yeah, you definitely can utilize the very fact that you can tap into it, um, or, or you're aware of it, like you say. Um, mm-hmm. You can take that awareness, even even what you feel like that might be draining you. You know, figure out what that is and how you can utilize. Because remember, one aspect of absorption in the vampiric practices, you can take and absorb. Something that, on like, like say for an example, when you figure out maybe in particular what specific aspect or energy of an individual is draining you, you could actually use that in a reverse method. You understand where right. you can take that and and actually send it back, or or use it in another form where it becomes beneficial as not not not, not supposing as draining. Like, let me get an example. If say you can specifically pinpoint an individual that you might feel is draining you. But you might be able to focus on another aspect of that individual or some part uh, or, or of that aspect of that individual that you can recharge yourself. So as you feel that they might be draining, they could be draining you, not because the energy is bad, but because maybe they're exhibiting too much of an energy that you're quick to absorb. So right. you might be able to limit the intake, et cetera. I mean, there's a multitude of ways of looking at that, but that's, you know, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to uh, check out that that book you all you guys were uh, uh, quoting from today. Even okay. though uh, a lot of people say that Michael W. Ford is kind of uh, hokey when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, his writing, but you know well, people one, have their own opinion. Well, exactly. And one thing I've learned when it comes to and, and again, me and Ravana knew we're having this discussion today. See, here's the problem that tends to happen. We again, we've been a lot of us have been programmed uh, to put in our minds what's acceptable and what's not when it comes to knowledge. And what do, what do, what do I mean by that? Real quick, if you if you look at certain, all right, let, let, let's take any 
uh, per se African tradition. Everything mm-hmm. had its origins somewhere. And when right. I'm sure when these spiritual practices were first brought to the surface, I'm sure at that time a lot of people thought that those individuals were crazy or out of their mind or something wasn't right about them. But as time went on and these things became popular or mainstream, it somewhere at some point got accepted as being the sole authority on something. Yeah. Um, it could be, you know, you know I mean, you, you find this in a lot of conscious circles, quote unquote. Now, the problem is that some people can't find it somewhere in a book or mm-hmm. find it somewhere from an established, quote unquote, individual that's been verified as a credible source then they don't accept it. And most people right. don't accept shit they don't understand or most 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 will act ignorant about shit that they fear. So you'll find, like you say, you mentioned Michael W. Ford, you'll find, yes, a lot of his, his methods are not conventional to what the mainstream right. con- conformist standard are, and that can come off to an individual as a little bit out there. But I would say to any of those things, I would always say, that's why we always say in the beginning, have your own experience to verify that. Don't, right. don't I, see anything I read by, I don't care who the person is. If I'm reading something or I'm researching something or I'm studying something, if I can come to the conclusion by, if I'm, if, for, for example, if I'm doing some of the work in that book and I'm getting results, and mm-hmm. me and Ravonna had this discussion earlier, that's the only thing that I need. I don't care how conventional or unconventional it might appear. But if I'm getting right. results from the work, who gives a shit? See, we, exactly. we get caught up. Sometimes we get caught up in debating the information that we're not really focusing on applying the information and what results we're getting. So I would say, like, for an example, if you're reading Michael W. Ford's book and you come across something that might seem out there, like you say, some people think he's a little bit out there with his stuff, now, are you making that statement based on because you thoroughly researched what he was talking about or you even attempted mm-hmm. to try to apply it and then came to that conclusion? Then I would say, okay, right. that wasn't for you. You came to the conclusion for yourself. Or you're just reading it because it sparked something in you that you're not familiar with and out of ignorance, you know, you just you make that statement. So it's the way you approach that. But I, that's why I said also in the beginning – you know, on this particular subject or any subject we, 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 we discuss, there's many books. I mean, you find the one that resonates with you because, yeah, there's going to be some books you just might pick up and go, yeah, it's not really for me. But I right. would just say establish why you're saying that it's not for you before you make that statement. That's all. But anyway, go ahead. There's always a, a instance where you could uh, find something taken and use it um, utilize it for yourself. That's how I take my process with reading other people's things. Is I take what I can use, and the rest of it, I just you know leave it where it is. Let me um, let me also say this. Let me say this. Uh, with Michael W. Ford's books, one thing I did with Michael W. Ford's books is I found some of the topics he was speaking about. I did research and found other authors that mm-hmm. were you know discussing similar topics. And when I when I read that information, a lot of his information cross correlates to what other people are saying. So you got to understand too, just because you have the masses of people who may feel that 
his information is a little out there, it's not valid, it's whatever, it's because most people have their idea of what mainstream occultism should be. See, occultism, Correct. just like anything else, has become a religion too, okay? Because yeah, now when people shift... Yeah, and when people shift away from, the, from, from you know, African traditions or they shift away from religion or anything else, then they start going into occultism. Now it's a mainstream mentality, a religious mentality that, uh, let's say, somebody like uh, Aleister Crowley is an authority on occultism. But he was considered a mm-hmm. crackpot when he was alive. And exactly. remember that. Okay? Yeah, right. But now a, a lot of his information is considered valid. Okay? So then... If, if if Michael W. Ford's information doesn't cross-correlate to Elisa Crowley, all of a sudden, oh, this is spooked out or this is too far out there or this, whatever the case may be, find other people who are discussing similar topics and see how they cross-correlate. If a lot of that information is cross-correlating, then you best believe these individuals did their research and did in-depth work to come and bring this mm-hmm. to them. You understand? Yeah. What the Yeah. So... So that's that's really important for people to understand, because we get caught up in oh well, you know this is this is not real cultism. Well, who the fuck are you to say who real and what is real or not? Are you a, a master cultist? You travel this shit for fifty years of life. You walk every right. organization or secret society there is. No, most of the people who say that is because, as Benedi said earlier. It's one thing or one topic or one information that didn't resonate with them or they didn't understand or know about, and they went in an uproar and a hissy fit because why? Because they don't like it or it doesn't vibe right. with them or they don't understand it. So now it's wrong. It's not cool. It's not – nah. see, that's punk. Let me tell you something. A lot of those people who say that are little sissies and bitches, and I'm going to say it just like <laughs> that. The reason why is there sissies and bitches is because if you don't like it, then that's it. That's fine. But for you to go and comment and, and talk about people behind their back, that's some sissy shit, okay? Right. And the reason why is because you're, you're really a pussy and you can't address it with them. And when you address it, you don't really address it in, in, a, in a direct way. You kind of generalize it. And that's because you really don't know what you're talking about, but you're offended about something they said. So you're, you're just going to attack people. And, most, and what happened with Michael W. Ford is he didn't give a fuck what anybody said. So he right. offended a lot of people, and because they got offended, then they got to stigmatize him and, and you know, uh, basically, you know, slander him because he didn't give a fuck if you liked what he did or didn't do. He didn't give a fuck if you accepted what he did. He said, look, I don't walk this shit many years. I did my research. I walked through a lot of these organizations. This is how I presented. Some people don't like it. Others don't. I don't give a fuck. Keep it moving. That's the mentality people should have when they – walk this path. Who gives exactly. a fuck what anybody else likes or doesn't? Because when uh-huh. the, the real reality is you waste your time worrying about if somebody likes Michael W. Ford's book or is legit or not. As Benedi said, and me and him discussed this earlier, the only thing that really is important, the real par- parameter to really see if something is beneficial is the results you get from the work that you do through that book or knowledge or information. That's it. That's it. If, if That's anything it. else is in, anything else is invalid. Period. Now, now I found, brother. You know, like there's a lot of books that Michael W. Ford wrote that I don't even care for. I'm gonna keep it hundred with you. Um, right. Some some of it comes off very religious to me. Um, you know, even in some of his uh, videos when he's doing demonstrations 
for the rituals, me and Ravana Noon joke about it. You know, we have fun with it a little bit. Uh, some of right. it is just too dramatic for me. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But I can bypass all that when I look at the stuff that I can confirm that does resonate with me. And the stuff that doesn't, I'm not just saying that just because I'm saying it. I'm saying it because we, we've had experience in that field. We walked that path at one point. And mm-hmm. there, there, there is a lot of things, uh, you know, as far as that he's done in videos and books that I just won't even bother because I already know what it is. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Uh, mm-hmm. But one thing I find that, and I know Ravana Noon probably attests the same thing, when it comes to Luciferian magic and vampirism, it's probably really the only two things I really would, would, would draw upon from his writings. Um, I could say they're accurate when it, when it comes to those two things. Uh, I'll be honest with you, the, the others I don't. Bal Cadman is another one uh, mm-hmm. who actually I just, just recently talked to him. We're getting him back on the show. Um, he, as, you, as you know, he's all over the place. He, he, he deals mm-hmm. with everything. Yeah. But, again, the, he does, you know, there's a lot of religious shit that he touches on, uh, and that's fine. But it's not, I just don't need it, not because I'm just making the statement because I ain't even look into it. I'm just saying we've been there, done that, got that T-shirt. But right. then when he's, when he's doing stuff, I gravitate towards the stuff that is working for me and I'm getting results, like his books on Lilith ma- magic, Cali Mantra magic. You know, mm-hmm. that stuff works. I can attest to it. So what I'm saying is, is this. As long, never be the type of seeker of knowledge where once you start getting into what I call the Mickey Mouse Club, let's per se, and you mm-hmm. can relate to this, like the Nuwapians, for an example, they think Dr. Right. York is the only person that has knowledge and he's the source of everything. And anytime to show what Ravana Noon was saying earlier, how people get offended when you question the foundations of their spiritual, you know, what they stand on spiritually, the Nuwapians get very offended when you try to present something outside of York because they think York is the originator of everything. If they did their research, they would see York took everything from everybody else and made it look like, it was his own. But you can't hold an intelligent conversation with him because them fuckers can't even think without every other word coming out of their mouth. The master teacher said, the master said yeah. this, the master said that. And I would always say to them, well, what do you say? What do you think? Because all I'm hearing is what you read in your teacher's book. So what happens exactly. is a mental sickness kicks in when all you can do is exclude, when you exclusively belong to what I call the Mickey, the Nation of Islam ain't, ain't no better. Nope. Uh, then they had a T-shirt. Exactly. I mean, you you could go through all the Mickey Mouse clubs. They all are in that mind state of mental sickness. So I would say to any seeker of knowledge, when it comes to books and studying, just be very flexible and open to your to studying whatever. Um, right. Don't be exclusive to one one individual. Um, just, again, like Ravana Noon said, take out of it. If you get results from applying whatever information you're studying, that's, that's all that proof you need. I don't give a fuck how bizarre it might look to somebody or not. Mm-hmm. If it's working, it's working, and that's all you need to know. It's that simple. Exactly. Um, what uh-huh. do you guys think about uh, Randolph Pascal uh, Beverly? I mean, I got some of his books. You know, again, a lot of people in the conscious circle, because he's not black, well, not black in the sense that they, you know, would accept as black. Um, Now, those that may not be familiar, 
you know, with, you know, with his works. Um, I, I've applied some of the information in some of his books. So, again, do I agree with everything he wrote? No, because remember, also got to keep in mind at the time he was writing, right. uh, you know, and how he presented things. I mean, some of it can be updated. So if you're reading some of his works now, again, when, when you're reading him, this, again, would apply to him. Remember, keep, you got to keep in mind the time and the year that he wrote this stuff because if you're not familiar with that, you might read some of it and go, this sounds a little bit outdated. Right. Uh, but the core principles, okay, there are, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that are timeless that he presents. So, right. I, I mean, I, that's how I feel about it. But I don't know how you feel about uh, Ravana Noon. And I know we've talked about it before. Uh, his works have come up before on previous shows. But, you know, um, that's kind of how I feel about it. So, Yeah, it's the same. I mean, you know, some of his stuff is, is on point. Some other stuff I don't vibe with. But, you know. He's like we like uh, Benini said earlier. He's not the only sole authority on vampirism. I mean, if there's a book called Vampire Vampire Grimoire, uh, Grimori by Father Sebastian that has a lot of good information, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of stuff I've taken from there that I can apply into my personal work. So you mm-hmm. got to just do the research because there's plenty of other people who've discussed it. And have a lot yeah. of information that that correlates with what he talks about, and then some of the stuff's a little different. So uh-huh. it's all it all depends on what you need and what you what you want to work with. That's really what it comes down to. And uh, real quick, uh, doing a seventh therapy, let you go. What books by Randolph have you read? Um, actually, I haven't yet. I've just okay. uh, seen a lot of his, his work and and I've uh, done a little bit of as far as his dealings between him and uh, Madame Blavatsky back in the day. Right. Little well, yeah. Yeah, there's that. Well, you're going to see vibraturgy and the- theosophical. You'll, you'll, you'll see that connection there because uh, at that time, again, they, they, they all had a connection to a certain extent. Um, yeah. yeah, but anyway. All right, well, look, we appreciate it. We're going to take one more caller. Um, stay warm up there, man. And uh, Thank you, guys. All right, bro. All we'll right. talk to you soon. Peace. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna take our last call tonight, and that that privilege, since we ain't got Fluffinator on the call tonight, to wrap it up for us. We're gonna wrap it up with non-Fluffinator, aka Smiley with the Locks. What's going on? Smiley with the Locks. You're on. You're hey. on. Hey, I'm here. I had to um, unmute myself. Nah, no problem. All right, so you're the, you're the last one of the night. What you got, man? Throw what you got for us. We're gonna wrap it up with you. Oh well, there was a lot said tonight, and even with the um, callers, there was a lot said. Um, I don't know what I can add to the puzzle other than to say that um, as a newbie on this path. And uh, understanding, stop it, stop, 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 and stop understanding. I'm talking. I'm talking. Don't interrupt, grown folks. Stop the movie. I'm talking. I'm anymore. talking. Don't don't. I'm talking. Don't interrupt, grown folks. Grown folks talking. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I know your parents. Talk, I know your parents talk to you better than interrupt the grown folks. <laughs> <laughs> hey. All right. Anyway, so, go ahead. um, right, right. So, as everyone was saying, okay. Uh, about the exchange of energy. That happens all day, 24-7, 
every so-called minute of the day, every so-called second of the day, because time is pretty much irrelevant. But um, mm-hmm. but that's that's constant. You always with every interaction. You know, even like Ravana Noon was talking about. You know, with the trees and stuff. You everything. Everything is an exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to become aware of it. Um, it can at times be overwhelming because what I've noticed with me, I that's what gives me vertigo half of the time. It's just too much damn energy. Um, <clears throat> not trying to absorb it, but I also feel that um, not only in the taking of it, you need you should give some of it back because some okay. of it you would had eluded to. Like, why would you want to be sucking up some serial killer energy, right? So why would you want to walk into a room and you have all these people with this negative, bad energy? Why would you want to absorb it? You know what I mean? Why would you Uh even want, my humble opinion, you know, why would you even want that in your sphere? You know what I mean? Uh, Maybe you see a person, you see something that you may want to absorb, but why would you want to absorb energy? And I say negative, uh, just in the connotation that it just, it's just not right for you. No, no so doubt. Why would you, I mean, yeah. no, no doubt. Like Duma 730 was saying, uh, he used a good example when he was saying, uh, you know, sometimes being in, 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 you know, a large crowded room or a large area with large amounts of people, um, and you shouldn't, but the awareness and the recognition of that, you know, when you train yourself to the point where you're aware of it, uh, that gives you a good head start of trying to avoid it. Yeah, obviously you never want to uh, absorb energy that's not conducive to you, but the challenge is, you know, figuring out, you know, what energy, because there's a lot of people that can go into them rooms or areas or whatever where, where there's large amounts of people and not be aware of certain individuals, uh, let's per se say that could be draining them. But, no, you never obviously don't want to. Um, you know, absorb that. But then, which we haven't even talked about, the book we'll uh, get into when we do the second part, we ain't even getting the psychic self-defense, putting up your psychic self-defense. Um, and that's where I was, yeah, so that's why mm-hmm. I was going with it, you know what I mean? So that's what I was mm-hmm. saying, why would you want that in your sphere? Why would you, you know what I'm saying? Why would you exactly. want to have yourself so open? Because to me, you're too open, you know? Because you're open to those kind of attacks. Because there's someone that's, that's a little bit more uh, suave than you, you know what I mean? A little more smooth and understand what's going on, understand how to work and move energy and absorb it better than you. So, you know. Well, let me give you an example. If I see somebody, and I think we've mentioned this, you could do this per se when you're in the gym exercising. I think we mentioned this on the show back. If I see somebody that's acting the nut, right, and say I know they're acting the nut, and they they hyperactive, or they they just they got all this energy. And let me I'm using the gym thing because sometimes we see these characters in the gym, you know Joe Joe Gym workout dude, you know, mm-hmm. and he you know super hyped up, you know, so he's a perfect victim. And what I mean by by a perfect victim, if you focus, for an example, on solar plexus area where most of that chi or energy is being generated from. For an example, dude that's being annoying, you could take that energy from him, one, to enhance your workout, 
and then watch dude just start to calm down and get completely drained and not realize why he's getting drained. So what I'm saying is when somebody, per se, uh, and that energy is not conducive to me. I can't stand the gym dude that's, you know, Joe gym dude that wants to be seen by everybody. He's grunting and, you know, he's got to walk around and, you know, talking loud and, you know, that's just mm-hmm. some annoying shit. That's just energy that's not conducive to me. And it can be draining to me because it's annoying. So instead of being subjected to it, what I'll do is I'll focus in on Joe's super hyperactive gym dude. I'll just focus in on his solar plexus and take his all his energy. And my workout now becomes better, and I watch slowly Joe energy dude just mellow out. That's what I meant earlier when I was saying the Duma 730, how you can figure out when you see what's annoying you or draining you and doesn't resonate with you or is not conducive to you and try to reverse that shit. And it works, but you're right. You should never ever put yourself or leave yourself open. And what we're going to do is we're like Ravon and said, we're going to do a second part to this. We didn't even get into the mind and the psychic self-defense techniques uh, in relation to what you're talking about. Uh, but we'll get into that. I don't, we don't have time for that right now, but we'll get into that on the next one. But that's, that's a good point though. That's where we're going next though. Yeah, perfect, perfect, because people tend to, um, because I have on a little smaller level, I ain't taken from Joe Schmo at the gym, but mm-hmm. I have been tired and seen someone for the energy and taken a little bit to boost myself, right? But mm-hmm. um, it's just that when, you know, everybody wants to be the superstar, and uh-huh. to be that superstar, you just need to be careful and think um, before you just out there just, oh, I've learned a technique, so let me just do it. And not uh-huh. um, not overthink, but just think clearly on what it is you are attempting or going forth to do. So, no, no uh-huh. doubt. De- there always got to be intent behind every work you do. What's the intent? Now, no doubt. I mean, if it's just right, like like Ravonnen was saying, if it's just pure recklessness with no intent and, you know, and purpose, and the purpose got to also, you know, suit you and it's got to be, you know, suit the means. If it doesn't, then, yeah, I mean, then, then you're opening yourself up to all types of fucking problems. Yeah, no doubt. You got to be careful with that. Um, but anyway, okay. what else you got for us? I'll leave y'all be. It's late. All right, well, we appreciate the call. And having said hey, that. Hey, Reverend Noon. Hey. Mm-hmm. So I'm quiet, all right? Okay, cool. I'm, right. just, I'm, just, I'm just tired tonight, honey. Just tired. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there, too. Yeah. So that's it. We're going to wrap it up. But anyway, yep. we, we, we appreciate the call, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cool. All right. I haven't said that. That's it. It's going to wrap it up. It's going to be the wrap, wrap. Uh, Ravana Noon, uh, if you want to go ahead and uh, yeah. use contact. All right. All right, everybody. Uh, if you want to reach me, uh, you can reach me at darkocultist99 at outlook.com. Uh, email me if you have any uh, questions around regarding information please not email me with your personal opinions whether you like me or don't i don't give two shits whether you like me or not it's irrelevant to me but if you want to discuss information you want to discuss concepts methodologies i'm all with it uh you could also find me on youtube on dark cultist 99 or google plus on dark cultist 99 
Peace. I appreciate it. Uh, and myself, if you want to get in contact with me, uh, you can contact me right here at the radio station, khnum 19 at gmail.com. Again, that's kanum 19 at gmail.com. You can also go to my YouTube channel. Uh, that's Mother Nubia Inc. on YouTube. Uh, there's a bunch of videos up there. Uh, again, Mother Nubia Inc. on YouTube. Uh, you can also go to the Mother Nubia Inc. Google Plus page. It has all the radio shows archived with the links that lead you right here to TalkShoe.com. Uh, I do post the uh, shows up there in addition to they're all located in the archives. So if you missed any uh, previous shows over the last couple of years, uh, we've had some prominent guests on the show over the years. Uh, we've had Dr. Phil Valentine on a couple of times, uh, Dr. Delbert Blair before he passed. We had him on a few times. Um, Dr. Jewel Pukram has been on the show. Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum, um, you name it. We've had many people on in the past. We don't bring too many guests on like we used to uh, because, remember, as I said back then, we did that to kind of let people see what everybody is saying and then kind of lead it up to what the show is really all about. So I don't bring too many of them on like that no more. Uh, Bal Cadman, who we had on not too long ago, I'm going to bring him back, and Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum. Uh, because I think the information they talk about is is, is timeless and priceless. Um, but I'm not going to bring on the rhetoric and, you know, the victim mentality. That's We're done with that. Um, but anyway, yeah, you can go on to the YouTube channel, Mother Nubia, Inc., um, and that will lead you to uh, right here. Uh, and, again, if you're interested in attending the event on the 27th of January, again, same email, you can hit us up at khn um19 at gmail.com and we'll, we'll we'll do a second part of this next week because we only scratched the surface uh with vampirism there's a lot more to discuss on this topic um obviously it's not a one-night thing um remember the show airs the first and the third thursday of every month so we will not next thursday there will not be a show uh but the following thursday there will be a show uh so keep that in mind first and thursday the first and third thursday of every month nine o'clock eastern standard time right here on TalkShoe.com, Awakening Universal Minds. Uh, real quick, shout-out to all the international listeners. I like to mention you all. Uh, sometimes I forget. We appreciate everybody uh, tuning in, Barbados, Trinidad, Jamaica, uh, the Virgin Islands, everybody in the Caribbean, uh, in the Caribbean, uh, overseas, England, France. Uh, shout-out to the family in Ghana that emails us regularly. Uh, we've got some uh, group of listeners in Ghana. Jagasu and them out in uh, Australia, land down under. Uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in, listening. Uh, listeners in Brazil, uh, um, Philippines. We got a small group of people that listen to us in the Philippines. We appreciate all you, all you guys live streaming. If I forgot anybody, it's not intentional. Uh, most definitely appreciate all of our international listeners. It's it's it's, it's a good feeling to see uh, that you know this show they and they send in this show and this information is not just here. In the United States, but uh, we got we got people outside of the United States, you know, cross seas, uh, you know, studying the occult, and that's a beautiful thing, man. It's beautiful to hear that. Uh, I do get your emails. I can't answer all of them. It's just, it's just physically impossible. It's time consuming. I do try to address a lot of your questions in the YouTube videos. It's easier to address it as a whole, uh, where I ain't got to sit down and answer each one. I do try to get back to some of you personally. I don't. You know, you know, pick or choose. It's just sometimes I get time, I sit down, uh, and I'm able to go through the emails. But if I don't get back to you right away or, or, or don't get to you sometimes, just to, you know, it's a time thing. That's all. Uh, but, again, appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll see everybody next week, and we'll 
do this. I'm sorry, two weeks. My bad, I caught myself. See everybody in two weeks for the second part of the show. Everybody have a good weekend. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.